You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Bill After from the After Chat, along with my co-host, Josh Chernoff. And Josh, um, putting out a warning about this particular show, we invited Kenny Bolin on to give his list of the top 10 turkeys of 2018, and it became a very graphic segment. He cursed he said a lot of things that people might say, oh, my God, that really makes me mad. But we left it, and it's your choice if you want to listen to it or not. Josh, do you want to uh, add anything to that? Yeah, I just think that when you ask somebody to come on your show and ask for their honest opinion, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, it's not for us to edit their opinion. Now, we can edit out some of the language that was used, but we asked him to come on, give his opinion, and I want every guest that we have come on our show to feel confident and comfortable that whatever opinion they give, whether we agree with it or not, that it will be shared to our audience in the narrative and way that they intended. Today's episode of The After Chat is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment absolutely free when you use our special promo code, BILL. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew. Dot com promo code bill b-i-l-l to try it free blue chew is the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the after chat welcome everybody to the after chat i'm josh chernoff and i am joined as always by my co-host the one the only bill after how are you bill well i've got this rash Oh, uh, that I've been really scratching a lot on my left. No, I'm, I'm fine, gonna... Josh. I always love when people say, so how are you or how are you doing? But no, I, uh, I'm doing great. Uh, unfortunately, uh, on the day we're taping this, which is uh, we tape every Tuesday, and it's November 6, 2018, um, I was informed of uh, two passings today uh one of them the legendary jose lothario mm-hmm. his son pete had uh messaged me that his dad passed away at the young age of 84 and uh do you remember jose lothario josh i remember him very well uh for his time in the wwe or wwf at the time uh i'm familiar with him but of course it was it was before my time uh him as a, an active wrestler. Uh, I had the the joys of watching him and Jim Cornette in the ring with each other in the WWF, which was entertaining. Um, but no, for me, he was. I always knew him as Shawn Michaels' trainer, and yeah, uh, alongside yeah. with with Shawn doing that uh, Boyhood Dream 
build up uh, and an initial title run. But um, he also uh, was part of the uh, Shawn Michaels uh, training school mm-hmm. down in uh, San Antonio, Texas. But the time that I remember so well was when he wrestled almost uh, every week for Paul Bosch down in the Houston area. And many times he teamed with Mil Mascaras. And uh, uh, he was just, he was an excellent, tough guy and technical wrestler. But when you talk about, and I use the word sweetheart a lot, Mm -hmm. he was such a sweetheart. He was such a gentle, nice man, very classy. Uh, Anytime I needed to pose him or do an interview with him, Mm -hmm. he was always ready and, uh, and willing to do it. So our condolences from everyone here at the after chat to the family, friends, um, and fans, of course, of Jose Lothario. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't the only uh, untimely passing that that uh, we heard about today. Yes, one of the uh, San Martino twins of uh, uh, Daryl and Danny San Martino. Danny San Martino uh, has passed away. We don't have a lot of uh, details on this. He had been hospitalized for a while, but our condolences, of course, go out to the uh, San Martino family. Uh, Danny, of course, the son of uh, Bruno and Carol San Martino. And uh, yeah, very tough day. Also, I did find out through my uh, spies in the WWE that Triple H's uh, surgery went really well today. Yeah, man, did you see that picture he posted the other day? I guess it was yeah, Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's, uh, that's how you know you tore something. Everything's good, and I'll bet you we good. will see him back in the ring fairly soon. Yeah, he doesn't usually, He's him and John Cena, those are those type of guys who just, uh, they'll say, oh, it's six to eight months, and you'll see him back in like two. But... um but yeah, no that that was that was vicious, and that explained a lot about uh, his match Crown Jewel, which brings us to Crown Jewel. Um, we want to talk about that for a minute. Well, um, we we do. By the way, we are now at the start, or in the middle of, or the uh, a few seconds or minutes into headlock on headlines. I didn't want oh, to let that go. Then yeah, by. you know yeah. what? Then we should yeah. take a step back, and we should formally introduce because I think people's favorite part of the show is the sound effect headlock. On headlines. All right, now Crown Jewel. You and I have talked about this ad nauseum. Okay, yes. I'm glad that all the all the uh, controversy is over about whether they were going and why they shouldn't go and or why they should go and what the company line was. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I waited with bated breath to find out who the best wrestler in the world was going to be who was going to get the world cup. And I had my money on Ray Mysterio jr. I really did not a lot of money, but I thought it was going to be him, but it winds up through all the twists and turns to, and I don't know if this is best for business, but it certainly didn't sit well with me that Shane O'Mac, Shane McMahon is now considered in the WWE universe as the best wrestler in the world. Really? Yeah, I don't even know where to begin with this. So, okay, first of all, how do you have a show with 
your two first of all you have your world champion and then you have your universal champion so your world champion can't be the the best because the world is held within the universe uh, but so the universal <laughs> champion, we already know the universal champion is the champion of the entire universe. So that's the greatest champion that there is. But so wait then a minute, you have they your were not w- in the tournament. So they here's were, the thing. They, now that I'm thinking about it, ahead. you have your WWE champion. They don't call it the world championship. So you have the WWE champion is the best in the WWE, but not necessarily the best in the universe. And now you have a trophy for the best in the world. So the yeah, world it's, Cup. yeah, it really was, um, uh, confusing. Uh, the, I wasn't bothered by it. I actually found it to be amusing. The Shane McMahon thing. I, I think obviously. Well, he's, wait, wait. Let's he's back up for you, heel you, turn. Let let let's back up. You're talking about amusing. Uh, to me, it was like, wow, Shane McMahon's wrestling again. But when he put himself in there, he didn't go through several matches in that tournament. He was, if we look at it from a sports point of view, he went into this fresh exactly so if you look yeah. at it from a sports point of view that's there's your heel heat that's what you're you know that that's that's what they were going for i i, I would bet anything i don't i don't think they 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 were going for that Josh. you really I, I, think that their intention was for that they thought this was going to be a positive reaction to shane mcmahon going in there for the shane mcmahon fans no uh, absolutely yeah. i i disagree yeah. i think the way that he showboat he was showboating and, and cheering and everything at the end was a hundred percent uh meant to be he's always done heel that turn. no that's he's always no. done that Come no on. i i i think it was meant to be a heel turn but you know what it doesn't matter either way either i liked it and thought it was a heel turn or you got angry and it became a heel turn and you did and and after chatters Bill was angry. He he was well, texting Monday me night, about it. This this coming Monday night, Stephanie McGrann's going to come on Monday Night Raw and discuss and talk about this thing. Right. I'm wondering what's going to happen now. Are they going? Is she going to say in her position that this is void? That he cannot just put himself into this tournament, and they're going to have a another tournament to determine the world, the real World Cup champion uh i would say no because a i don't i think they were we've moved on from the saudi arabia thing i don't think they want to keep bringing it back up and b the best in the world cup really means nothing um at all i think you're going to hear a little bit about you know what he did but i don't think i mean they're not gonna be like oh we need a new another tournament to uh this isn't like it's the royal wait a minute wait a minute the kids at the bus stop and i always gauge I always gauge what people are believing by the kids at the middle school bus stop. They were over the moon that Shane McMahon won this. They were like, wow, he came out of nowhere and won this, and that he's the best wrestler in the world, and he's got the World Cup. So there is a— Inquiring minds want to know, why are you spending so much time at a middle school bus stop? No, no, wait a minute. So there is a— there is a portion when I go for my walk in the morning. Okay. So there is a portion of the fans out there that love what happened. My feeling was, again, really, it should have been one of the guys that was in the tournament and not 
and I'll use the term even though he doesn't work in the office, it shouldn't have been an office guy showing up all these other guys. Right. Well, the story, the way that it went with the story was obviously that, you know, the Miz was hurt, and so Shane McMahon was going to step in because there's no way we're handing this to to Raw. Uh, realistically, if this, if the, like that's just kind of silly. Point. Um, Good but, point. Yeah, well, I look, I think that um, in wrestling – all that really matters. I'll give you a perfect example. I was watching AJ Styles' first WrestleMania where he wrestled Chris Jericho, and I was watching it with a friend uh, who's very, very critical of every of everything um, the WWE does. And when Chris Jericho beat AJ Styles, he turns to me and goes, they just buried him. They just killed his career. And I looked at him I said, if you think – Losing to Chris Jericho at WrestleMania kills your career. You have no idea what anything about this business. I absolutely agree with you. And that's my point with the Shane McMahon winning this is let it play out and see where it goes. This this tournament was a silly idea to begin with, this best in the world tournament. No, no, no. So I wait, slow down. Don't say that. It wasn't a silly idea people were invested in this. In your opinion it wasn't. In my opinion it was. Okay. But wait a minute. So to me it wasn't a silly idea. It had an air of class to it, uh, despite the politics of the event, that this was going to be something that one of these wrestlers was going to be able to uh be the best wrestler in the world. And you know what? I I would have rather it been called the King of the Ring. If I'm being completely honest, I would have rather them just called it the King of the Ring tournament or something like that because the best in the world cheapened it. It made it laughable, in my opinion. Well, not not in my opinion. Okay. So, well, look, it, it, I think let it play out. I think the entire idea was always to have Shane McMahon walk away with it, and I think we need to be patient and see how this how this plays out. And, and you might turn around in six months and really be enjoying something and trace it back and go, Wow, we only got here because of what happened with Shane McMahon in that tournament. Well, that is that is a probability, not a possibility. It's a, because they usually have in mind what's going to happen. I mean, yes. there could be something. Unless you listen to this. something to wrestle with. Wait, Bruce wait, Pritchard. wait, wait. There could be something happening at the Survivor Series that is going to come off of what this was. Right. That's what I think is going to happen. Now, if you listen to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, he has a tendency to talk about his time there. And there have been many times where he goes, yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. So we just threw something out there. But I'd like to think that this was not one of those times. Um, This definitely seemed premeditated. It's a different company, Josh. It's not the same company or the same mentality than when Bruce Pritchard was there. Doesn't work. I agree in, in some ways. Yeah, I agree. All right. So enough so moving, on moving the, on uh, from that. Uh, well, not moving on completely because we do have to mention the first, the second and the I don't know when he was on there the third time. But Hulk Hogan. Straight from the after chat to Crown Jewel, <laughs> making his return. We got him there, right? Yeah, it was all the, it was the after bump. That's what that's what did it. Uh, no, Hulk Hogan, um, made his on camera return to the WWE at crown jewel. Uh, I thought he looked good. He tweeted out that he thought he looked a little too big and that he was looking bigger than all the WWE guys. And he was, he had people. Yeah. Josh, I popped. I got, I was sitting on my recliner 
watching it on my uh, on my HDTV. And as soon as I heard his music, I got up and I was back in Hulkamania time. I I really thought it it was just a great nostalgic moment to see him come out like that and all the fans. Hogan, it was wonderful, and I I feel good for him that he got that kind of reaction. Yeah, and you know, and and that that brings me to something else about the fans. Um, I really enjoyed the fans of that show and how much they you, they would pan. Sometimes you'd see these kids, and they were they were absolutely loving it. And there's they been a lot of up. there's been a lot of talk um, that I agree with, mind you of they shouldn't have gone, they shouldn't have done this, they shouldn't, you know. But I will tell you while I'm watching, you know, John Cena pulled out of the show, as did Daniel Bryan. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for Daniel Bryan pulling out of the show because he did it because he just it just didn't feel right to him. Uh, the rumor is the fact that they wouldn't let Sami Zayn compete uh, when he found out things like this. But whatever it was, morally for him... It's, it's not it, a rumor, by the way. Right, I, uh, you know, but it, yeah. no one said it directly to me, so I don't want to... You know, but Daniel Bryan um, went with his own moral compass, and I, I respect the hell out of that. Um, John Cena made a decision that I believe was based more on PR than morally, not saying it wasn't also morally, but I do believe that it was a lot of, you know, what Hollywood would think of it and whatnot. So John Cena pulled out. And and the one thing that kind of bothered me a little bit was there was one time they, they – panned to in the audience and you saw this little kid and his dad and they were both wearing John Cena shirts. And I thought to myself, this kid living in Saudi Arabia, um, the fact that John Cena pulled out of the show, and this isn't a knock on John Cena, I, I hope it's not taken that way, but it kind of uh, broke my heart a little bit for that little boy because I just thought, you know, with all the politics and all the just the horrible things that that did happen with the reporter and and the fact that, yes, maybe they should have pulled out of this. Um, I then looked at those kids and I said, you know what, maybe that's not the reason they did it. But if it is, then that was a good reason to show up. Yeah. Yeah. But I and I understand that. Uh, but I respect John Cena's feelings and reasoning Absolutely. for for not uh for not going. Well, we don't know okay, his, we don't know his feelings or reasoning. Right. So right. But, it's tough to well, re- we, it's tough to respect we, them. We know we but. that's not totally true. The the things that were out there where I believe he said some things on the mainstream media, uh he had his reasons for not going, but whatever they were, uh it's his personal decision yeah. and it's or right respect for anyone him. to make their own decision. Yeah, I just uh, I think it's it, it for the people who are saying they never should have gone. Um, they should think about those kids and the the silver lining of the WWE going. Is all I was saying. Um, right. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of criticism about Rey Mysterio uh, having to change his mask. Um, but you know, is it criticism or is it respecting when you're in somebody else's house? You know, so it, look, there's a lot of which is knowing knowing Rey Mysterio. That's what it was. It was respecting being in someone else's house. Yeah. Because Mysterio will go with the flow of wherever he goes. He's one of the uh, he's one of the few people in the business that hey, what do you need me to do? How do you need me to do it? And he's there. Yeah, he was there yeah. straight from the after chat as well. 
Let's move on to uh, one of the things that I want to talk about uh, is the the Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose feud okay. has gone up a notch now. The authors of Pain were scheduled to wrestle Rollins and Ambrose, as you know, for the tag team belts, and uh, Ambrose didn't show up, and the authors of Pain beat the hell out of Ambr- out of. Uh, uh, Seth Rollins, and they are now the champions. This angering the fans even more against Dean Ambrose. And you and I talked earlier this week that De- Dean Ambrose is probably, if if we were still doing in the magazines, if I was still back in the magazines and I was doing the top 10 most hated wrestlers, mm-hmm. he would be number one. I, I'm enjoying uh, seeing how this unfolds with Dean Ambrose. Uh, it's a, it's a side of him that I've been, that I knew was there and that I've been wanting to see for years. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do hope that we kind of leave Roman Reigns out of this. Like you had brought up last week. Um, that maybe we could, you know, leave him out as much as we can of what he's currently, uh, dealing with. But, um, but the, uh, uh kind of just having this blood feud between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, um, I want there to be depth to it. I don't want this to just be uh, you turned on me, whatever. I think there's so much potential to have so much depth to this feud that it could end up being you know, kind of the, uh, something that next year people are saying, hey, you remember the end of 2018? Yeah. That feud was, you know, they were on fire. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm glad the tag titles were taken off of of them because I, I like that it looks like the focus is going to be on the Intercontinental title. Um, and I also love the fact the Intercontinental title is going to take a backseat to the feud because, you know, you have your guys who who make the title or your, your guys who the title is supposed to make. And I think that Seth Rollins is a guy who can elevate that title, as can Dean Ambrose, uh, with their quality of, of match and their feud. So I'm curious to see how this is going to go, but I'm happy with what I've seen so far. So another thing that happened on Monday Night Raw, and I think this is going to be uh, a uh, it's it's something that's going to happen that if it happens, I think it's going to be another real part of the women's evolution. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nia Jax and Tamina Snuka uh, allegedly allegedly enemies this week, they showed that they were really friends. I think that the WWE is planning now to make tag team champions out of some team in the ladies division. What do you think? I agree. And I believe Stephanie McMahon said uh, a week or so ago that it's uh, tag titles are coming sooner than you think. And yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, I am curious to see whether or not um, this will be exclusive to one brand. I doubt it will be. I'm sure there'll be titles for Raw and titles for SmackDown. Although, I think we talked about this before, um, I wouldn't mind seeing just a women's show, a women's brand. Um, Well, of course, as you know, Access TV in January will be bringing uh, WOW, Women of Wrestling, uh, to their airwaves. And I'm wondering if this is the WWE's way of uh, starting to, uh, I'm going to use the word battle against what might be coming. 
Um, I, you know what? It, it, it's tough to say because I don't know that it's it's really on their radar in, in the sense that they're the WWE. I think they've just reached a point um, where they just they're in their bubble. No, 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 no. When a, when a product like this comes along, um, I really do believe that it's on their radar and uh, it helps them up their ante of let's get moving with our women's division. Okay. Just, just my opinion. Uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, the week of uh, November 11th through the 13th, so it's not a whole week, is going to Las Vegas to tape their uh, TV shows. And uh, I know that uh, we're trying to get uh, Johnny Impact on the show. He has improved so greatly since the time he was in the WWE. He's really become a, uh, an excellent character. What do you think of his uh, uh, tenure so far in Impact Wrestling? So I've been a fan of his uh, since he was on Tough Enough. I have always thought that he was incredibly talented and something was just kind of missing when he was in the WWE. Um, and I think he found it. Whatever it was that was missing, I think he found it. Um, I, I was lucky enough to be there live at Bound for Glory when he won the Impact Championship uh, in a fantastic, yeah. great match with uh, with Austin Aries. It was just, it felt so real. Um, it was it was really uh, cool to be there. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I think he has a style that's pretty unique uh, to himself. Um, and, uh, yeah. And he's I, also, I, he's also a showbiz guy. He's, uh, uh, he's been in several films, including, uh, Boone, the bounty hunter, yeah. which he created and co-wrote. Yeah. And I mean, served as the executive producer. Yeah. He's and, an incredibly uh, talented guy. He's currently going to be on survivor. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a very talented guy, and I, I do hope that we get an opportunity. Uh, he's also a very busy guy, so I hope we have an opportunity to get him on the show sometime in the near future. Um, I'm uh, I, you know, I'm I'm still waiting for my uh, plane ticket and tickets to the uh, to the tapings in, La, <laughs> the in tapings. Las Vegas. Well, um, I also want to mention that his latest film project is the horror thriller film called Strange Nature, and that premiered on September. 22nd so yeah he's got uh quite a lot of uh great stuff going on yeah i i'm i'm excited to see more of what's to come from johnny impact so i've got i've got another headline that very few people know about hit me with it i'm gonna let you in on this and all the after chatters for the past oh close to nine or ten months there's been a project going on between me, uh, a young genius writer and artist named Ian and Slomo, and former PWI editor uh, Gary Morgenstein, who is uh, out there with uh, some great books. Uh, we are in the process of putting out um, a graphic novel called The Last Wrestler. Very and cool. that's. Yeah, and that's all the information I can give you right now. I will keep our fans um, abreast of that as we get closer to publication. But are you a graphic novel fan? Um, I'm not not a fan. I've never been a, a, a huge uh, comic book guy. My brother was, was a huge comic book guy, so um, he, I'm sure, will look 
look forward to it, especially as an author himself. So yeah, yeah. Well, I will, I will keep everybody um, up to date. Yeah, on, please do. On the future publication of the last wrestler. And those were, and those are headlock on headlines. The national wrestling Alliance, as everyone know, recently celebrated their 70th anniversary and the history of the NWA. I mean, I go way, way, way back covering their matches in just about every territory around the globe. And, uh, Josh, a few days ago, based upon the comments that we made about some technical issues mm-hmm. on the streaming version of the um, 70th anniversary show, we decided to contact David Marquez, um, one of the uh, brains behind the scenes yeah. at the NWA. Well, what happened was, you know, he and I were, were talking about some of the stuff that, that we had said. And, and I asked him, I said, you know, what happened with some of these technical issues? Um, because, you know, like I had said a few weeks ago, I didn't want to browbeat them about it. But I had kind of pointed them out and you had pointed them out. Um, and we certainly weren't the only ones. And his explanation for why this happened I just felt, I said, you know what? Yeah, very valid. Him, Will you come on the show? And he said, absolutely. Cause we really, and, and it was great because we had an opportunity to talk to him about so many other things, the exciting stuff the NWA is doing. But it was great to really hear his explanation for uh, a lot of it, just the whole, um, the production in general. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was really great to have him on. So we so can. So right we can now, him. let's get chatting with the NWA's David Marquez. So one of the main people in the National Wrestling Alliance is Mr. David Marquez. And uh, David has for many years run a successful NWA program called uh, NWA Wrestling from Hollywood. And he is one of the main consultants. Nothing goes on in the National Wrestling Alliance without being run through David Marquez. And today it's our pleasure to have the man right here on the after chat. Welcome, David. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for joining us. Well, we're great. So what we wanted to talk to you about, of course, is that the 70th anniversary of the National Wrestling Alliance has happened and people are all talking now. Uh, Nick Aldis uh, captured the uh, NWA World Heavyweight Championship, regained it from uh, Cody Rhodes. So the big question now is what's next for the National Wrestling Alliance? Because they seem to be uh, upping their profile. Uh, everybody's talking about the NWA these days. Well, there's a lot in store for the NWA, that's for sure. Um, you know, the public has taken to this, as I knew it would, uh, when someone uh, was behind it that loved it and understood what the assets and the brand really is and Billy Corgan and David Lagana are fantastic leaders that truly understand that. Um, what we're doing or what they're doing, the, the, just so you know, the, the leadership are those two. They do the majority of the creative and whatnot, and they're going out using third-party promoters and getting the story out there. I dare call it territories or anything like that, 
they're just please getting do. guys. <laughs> please <laughs> well, do. I mean, you know, it does you think, have that feel. Well, yeah. When you, you know, if you say territories today for this generation, it's like a bad word. Um, they look at it and they groan because, let's be honest, the NWA has been abused. It's been whored. It's been everything, you know, since probably the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now, finally, it's, I feel it's on stable ground because there's one voice again in that, it, it, I dare say, in that Sam Mushnick way that there's one leader in one narrative. Um, and, and so with that, they allow uh, promotions to uh, share in the legacy of the brand and the popularity of the brand and talents that they may or may not be able to afford. Um, and uh, so, so anyway, to get back to the question, there's an awful lot in the future of the NWA. Uh, they appear uh, on my television programs, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood or Championship Wrestling from Arizona, uh, quite frequently. And that's how we get the majority of the NWA World's title story out. And then th- that footage is cut down on their 10 Pounds of Gold series on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Which oh, which really is such a great series. Oh, I love watching that. Yeah, that's great. That's all David Lagana. And by the way, um, and I'm sure you know this, but uh, the uh, co-hosts of the After Chat, Josh Chernoff and Bill After, were uh, on a recent episode uh, before the 70th anniversary. Yeah, saw that. that no, it's, and that's my point, man. It gets... It, it's creating this fantastic synergy, uh, which is probably a better word to use than territories, um, in pro wrestling right now. I mean, just to get to the 70th, the 70th show, if you think about it, uh, Jeff Jarrett, a local ground promotion with uh, Tried and True Wrestling out of Nashville, uh, myself and the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood crew uh, uh, doing the production, the television side, then we use Jared and the All In crew. Uh, they're out of Florida, but you know they went up to Chicago. He's also the um, he's also the uh, uh, the uh, technical director for Ring of Honor. And then there's Ring of Honor itself. You know, um, I guess there's a ambulance going by. I apologize. I thought it was Scott Steiner. <laughs> and and then there's Ring of Honor. We had we, we had to work and negotiate with them for Cody's appearance. Um, and then the promotion with New Japan. You know, he wore the title out on their show. So there was an awful lot of synergy, an awful lot of cooperation that I don't think that's been in pro wrestling in decades. And, and that's one of the biggest things I'm proud of. One of, the, uh, one of the things that people are wondering, and I don't know if you have a handle on this yet, is that I don't remember the last time that the NWA World Heavyweight Championship was defended at Madison Square Garden. It was before my time uh back yeah, it's then. been a while yeah is there a possibility that there might be a an nwa world heavyweight championship title defense at the garden in april uh when ring of honor and new japan go in there as the man you know so well and who practically owns madison square garden says you know you never know it's pro wrestling uh there, there's always an opportunity uh, if if the deal is right and if it works for everybody, I'm not going to say no, uh, but I don't know if it's a yes. Uh, Ring of Honor and the NWA they're they're they've created a really good strong partnership, so there's a there's a good possibility. Right, so it's safe to say that it's not off your radar of of things that are being considered. But, oh no, not at all. Yeah, but a lot not of at all. parts. Too. I mean, when you think about it, when you think about it, 
maybe 10 years ago, uh, nine years ago, uh, Terry Silken, myself, Bob Trovich, uh, yeah. we did a title exchange in New York uh, with Ring of Honor when Brent Albright won the title. Right. Um, so it would be really nice to see it go up the street and mm-hmm. at the Garden. Absolutely. So one of the things that I uh, wanted to talk about, you and I had an opportunity to talk a couple of days ago um, about uh, the production value of NWA 70. And I want people to know that, uh, that any, any issues that had happened have been fixed. If you go on fight TV and and watch it now, which you absolutely should, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you're getting it as it's meant to be. Um, we talked a little bit about that and we had talked about it on our show before. Um, I just wanted you, cause you had, you had, explained to me when I asked you, you know, okay, so what happened with some of those things? And it just made such perfect sense that I felt like anybody who'd been criticizing it uh, should absolutely hear what some of those issues were. Sure. I mean, I was the guy making the call. Uh, Well, first out, our audio operator that we originally hired, for some reason, couldn't make it. I don't know if he was sick or just couldn't make it. So he was replaced, uh, from what I understand, maybe the morning of to operate the audio board. So I could hear the audio in my ears. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was not going to, uh, for a, lack of a better term, a television. Um, we found out, I think, three uh, uh, what we call VTRs or, or, or B-rolls in that it wasn't going out to the feed. Right. And then we quickly fixed it. Um, so I think what the public missed was about three three roll-ins um and yes those have been replaced and you could watch that as it was intended uh, currently on fight um one of the biggest obstacles that we had in the show was the fact that we were again we were working with three separate teams is, is the best way to put it not like a solid crew like you might see with with end with, with uh, roh or uh wwe or even impact as an example mm-hmm. um uh, they work week to, or even my Hollywood show. We work every two weeks together for the last nine years. It's right. the so same family. Will it's the same crew. Yeah. So yeah. so it's 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 uh it's repetitive. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. Everybody knows their job. Mm-hmm. Well, here we had a, we had three or four teams coming together to try to make that same marriage, that same relationship, and uh, in a you know in a four hour period of of meeting everybody, that's a little difficult to do. So. We all hadn't worked with each other before. Everyone has their own way of doing things. My calls, I'm sure, are way different than, let's say, a Kevin Dunn or even a Kevin Sullivan at, at Impact mm-hmm. or a David Sahadi. So it's, it's, a, it's a completely different way in presenting it. Um, and, uh, and that's what happened. So it was just that it was a, it was, I was conducting an orchestra without practice. Yeah, that's a really uh, good analogy. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that you shared because I wanted to bring that up because, you know, so many people, especially on the Internet, like we had talked about, um, and I've I fell victim to this as well. When you just kind of when you cover something and you only cover the negatives of it. And like I said, sure. I uh, fell victim to that as well. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, and of course. Uh, yeah. And the best thing is, look, I mean, whatever the issues were, you bring that same team back together again. It's not the first time they've ever worked with each other, you know. That's right. That's right. And, you know, and, and if you watch just television news or sports and they go up to the helicopter to cover traffic or a fire, mm-hmm. there is a probably 80 percent chance that the picture is going to go away. Oh, sure. You know, 
it, it's just that's just it's technical and, and and I think the show was entertaining no matter what. Yeah. Um, what we said we were going to present, we did, and we had a capacity sold out crowd and a great pay per view buy, and the merchandise sold, and so all the objectives were there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, and especially when you think about it, when you think about it, the NWA has never tried to sell anything to the public. And this was the first thing, too. So for $24 outside of a year and a half of storytelling, all they had to pay was $24 for it. So I guess they needed something to complain about, yeah. especially when they put money out. Well, I was going to say, right. you know, the important thing is that everyone agreed on how great that belt looked. Oh, for sure. Yeah, right? and, so, and, like, and all the... Yeah, uh, at everybody the in the national title. Yeah, the national yes. title. Yeah. And all yeah. the work, all, all, all the action that took place in the ring, uh, I didn't hear any negative comments about either. I was going to say, the only thing I was going to mention that I didn't was all the fighting that, like, and, I, and what I mean about fighting, fighting for survival, and Bill will, will get this too because he knows him, that Ed Schumann, myself, Bob Trobich, Bill Barons fought for, geez, from Dennis Carluzzo even, fought, <laughs> that, that the war was won. You know, we, this thing is still striving and it's alive and, and it really means something when people see it in person, Bill has seen it many times, the, the reaction from the fans, but when they see this championship belt, which isn't even gold or diamonds or anything, just what it stands for, like, it's like the American flag, like people actually stand and salute oh, the thing. It's, that. it's, it's really, it's really cool. That's the symbol of the American flag. That that's great. And, uh, we and, fought like hell to keep that thing open, and not just us. I mean, there's a lot of other people too that I didn't mention. Oh, yeah. But at one at one point, we had I want to say, and this is in the '90s or even 2000s, we had a good membership of about 28, 29 promotions around the world that actively promoted and used the world title. So um, Adam Pierce and Colt Cabana and Blue Demon and mm-hmm. uh, Brent Albright in modern times. Uh, they, they put it. They put a lot into this. Like, well, it, David, it wasn't you, just you, promoters. I sent you a copy of my book, and you saw there's a picture yeah. of uh, Wonderful Willie with the NWA World Title. Yeah, that was a short-lived yeah. Uh, run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish Ed were here to see it. Yeah, me too. Ed Schumann was uh, just one of the greatest people, and he was so involved in the makeup of the National Wrestling Alliance. In the Midwest he was. area, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, David, you're when you were growing up, that the uh, yes. and you watched the NWA. Who were the people in the National Wrestling Alliance that you'd like to uh, pattern what the new version of the NWA is while it's still growing? Well, I think uh, Billy, uh, David Lagana, and myself. You know, we grew up in that. Georgia Championship Wrestling satellite time of the early 80s, 82, 83, 84, uh, pre-Crockett uh, TBS, if you had the big satellites. Yeah, um, I was there. We watched all that stuff. I know you were. Uh, <laughs> you had my money every month. A lot of it. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I think we're, we're doing our best to try to keep the tradition of what the NWA is while adding – the modern tones to it. I mean, when you watch the main event at the 70th, there is a, there, I, it harkens back to Puerto Rico, you know, or, or the Memphis yes. type and Nashville areas where the brawl went around the entire building. It was two out of three falls for the championship. Um, 
trying to put that storytelling in there where the fans could hopefully let their minds linger a little bit when they know how the magic trick's done now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, and I think we accomplished that. That That's what I'm looking forward to. And I'm not sure if the listeners know this or not. I was really christened into wrestling by Harley Race and Gordon Soley. Um, wow. They were my teachers. Uh, and I had really good teachers. Um, and no one, I think, is the definition of the NWA outside of those two. There's many others. But that was the learning tree I sat under at World Legion Wrestling in Missouri. It's an uh, amazing learning luckily tree. Luckily for me. Exactly. I learned an awful lot of good, and I learned a whole lot of bad. But, <laughs> but um, uh, 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 it was a great time. And now I've been, it'll be 29 years for me being in wrestling next February. Wow. And wow. Uh, I've had a fantastic run. And my own championship wrestling from Hollywood show stems all the way back all those years. When you watch it, I hope viewers see it as, boy, this is, this is like studio television wrestling with a great modern vibe. And, uh, and that's our goal even with the NWA. Well, it's interesting that you said that. Um, one of the things that struck me with the, with the NWA 70 was how, uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but simplistic the setup was. It yeah. had a very old school feel. Is that something that moving forward uh, you think fans could expect that it's going to kind of visually uh, be more of a throwback? Or do you think moving forward, you think maybe the 70th anniversary was ju- was meant to be more of a throwback, but moving forward? Um, I guess I'm comparing to some, there's so much now. I mean, you look at the WWE, everything's a screen. Every, I mean, even the ring posts yeah. are a screen. So, uh, but Ring of Honor, of course, has an impact. They have pretty large yeah. screens. Is that something you guys would be looking into doing? Well, I don't, I, I think the, the venue really uh, dictates that. Um, oh, you're at the National Fairgrounds, which isn't that big. Right. Um, but I'll tell you this, uh, the night before the show, uh, Corrigan, myself, and Logano watched uh, the Battle of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, oh, goodness. Um, and so when we were going through it, Billy was, virtually narrating out loud the art direction of what he wanted. We had everything there to blow the place up. We had all the lights outside of the LEDs, Mm -hmm. but we had color lights, we had moving lights, we had all this stuff in the room. And Corrigan's the one that looked at all of us and said, no, cut all that stuff. It's interesting. He said, let's make this more, uh, uh, let's give it a subdued look. Let's make wrestling the focus. Yes, great. Let's make sure the eyes are the focal point. That's and that's why the cameras. The, David, you remember yeah, in, the, in the direction of the yes, sir. You remember Gordon Soley, one of your heroes and one of mine. One of his regular lines when he was talking about pro wrestling was, "Indeed, the words on the marquee are spelled P R O W R E S T L I N G." Yeah, so that's right. Because, Exactly, and it's pro wrestling that was on the marquee, not come and see a uh, uh, spectacular uh, light show. Sure. You know, we had, we had an awful lot of nostalgia. Nostalgia mm-hmm. sells, for sure. The NWA is that. We, we invited Tony Schiavone. We invited uh, uh, Jim Cornette. And then my Joe Galley from the Hollywood program, I think they narrated a fantastic uh, tribute to the past while really getting over modern talent. And, uh, and I think that's what the fans walked away with. Uh, Willie Mack has been known worldwide, but at the end of that match with Sam Shaw, 
boy, it, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And you also had uh, our guest this week beside you um, is Magnum T.A. And I heard he made uh, quite an impact uh, on everybody there. He did. He did. And the speech he gave was amazing. Um, it's really cool. Actually, that match with Sam Shaw, I'm, I'm not sure when this gets out, but this Saturday uh, at 8 a.m. across Tomorrow. the country. I also Tomorrow. Produ- okay. Well, I also, I produced the Ring Warrior show on WGN America. Oh. Um, so on that show, we're going to showcase Willie Mack winning the title from Sam Shaw on television. Wow. That's, that's this great. Saturday at 8 across WGN America. And again, okay. it's that synergy. So again, yeah, the synergy is absolutely there, and we're really trying to populate the fans with, with stop looking at the, <laughs> this might be a dated phrase, but the George Steinbrennering of wrestling. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not that Reggie Jackson thing. It's, this is, don't worry about what's happening behind the curtain anymore. We've been worrying about that for 30 years now. Stop worrying about what's happening behind the curtain. Enjoy what's in that squared circle. Uh, get immersed in it. Find the fantasy. Find the fun and what you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I come from the Walt Disney Company, too, the people that know my background. People don't go to Disney theme parks to stand in an hour-and-a-half line to take a photo with a four-foot-high girl in a mouse costume. Right. They're going to take a picture with world-famous Academy Award-winning Mickey Mouse. Absolutely. And that's all they think about while they're there. Yeah. The, the magic does exist, and believing in it is great now more than ever. You don't have to be a closet wrestling fan reading Pro Wrestling Illustrated in your history book <laughs> in math class anymore. You can, you can actually hold, hold that tablet out and read it with everybody, and yes. everybody's in on the joke now. So yes. It's great. Yes, yes. Josh, you'll have to uh, tear up that photo you have now of you with that four-foot uh, um, lady midget. Hey, now. Yes, yes. David, where can people find more information? By the way, I want to mention to to you that uh, David was kind enough to send me a collectible uh, NWA championship belt uh, pin. And I said, where can fans get these? He said, we're all sold out of merchandise. So I was so glad to hear that. Where can people find more about the NWA and keep up with them on social media? Well, they have a great, fantastic social media. Uh, on Instagram and uh, Twitter, it's at NWA, simply the three letters. Um, I believe it's, it's just NWA as well on Facebook. Um, uh, merchandise, you can get T-shirts at Pro Wrestling Tees slash NWA, I believe. Um, if not, look for National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, that's pretty much where you can get all the, all the existing merch that I know of. The pins are sold through Championship Wrestling at Ho- from Hollywood, which is at CWF Hollywood. And we are releasing more pins, by the way. Reggie Parks, Dave Milliken, and Rico Mann and I. My uh, friends. And along with, uh, yeah, and along with uh, uh, da- Belts by Dan, who now has the JMAR collection of, of belt designs. Yeah. Um, we've gone into an agreement to make more of these championship pins because that did so well. So currently you can uh, pick up uh, we're reordering the world, the NWA world title now, but, uh, the Dan Severn version of the NWA world title that was presented in Cherry Hill, New Jersey at the NWA 50th I the was there. Alley club. Yeah. I know you were, as was I. Um, yes. and, uh, and then, and then the one, this is actually an exclusive cause we haven't made this public. 
the NWA television title from TBS, uh, probably quite possibly the most famous <laughs> of all belts outside of the 10 pounds of gold will also yeah. be the third uh, championship pin. And uh, they just have to send me an email, David underscore Marquez at HollywoodWrestling.com when that's available. But keep an eye on Facebook. Um, that's usually where we make these announcements about when these pins are available. But I'm happy people like them. Well, make sure that you uh, you pin me each time to see the wrestling term For each sure. time you have one of those because I love those and I'm 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 still to this day because I go back all the way to my childhood growing up. Even though I was in WWF territory, I was a huge NWA supporter, and to this day I still am, and I want to see them just take over uh, uh, take over the world in a lot of ways because I think the National Wrestling Alliance was just uh, incredible, and I, I love that uh, um, Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan and you as well because you're one of their great spokesmen. Sure are bringing this back. David, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to have you here on the After Chat. Thank you very much. You got it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So, Josh, right now we want to talk about one of our major sponsors, Blue Chew. And, you know, I heard from some guy this week, and I thought this was hysterical, but it was true. He was lying in bed with his lady and uh, he was having trouble uh, uh, getting going with uh, making love. So he said to his girlfriend, he says, I have a pack of gum on the night table there. Can I have that pack of gum? She said, oh, blue gum. Can I have? I said, no, no. He says, this is a special kind of gum. And he went and he chewed the gum. And very soon after, uh, everything went fine. So blue chew did the trick for him, and she never knew it was Blue Chew. Wow. So why don't, why don't you tell our listeners more about Blue Chew? I would be happy to. So Blue Chew, uh, you hear us talk about it every week, the longtime sponsor. Yeah. Um, but the reason that Blue Chew has been making waves in the wrestling business and in the world is because it works. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. The important thing about it being a chewable is that it works up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Anytime, day, night, if you're lying in bed with your significant other, like your friend Bill, or if you just uh, finished a nice meal, because you can have it on a full stomach. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. I think that's that's really the thing that's getting people to give this a try, is that they just have to go online, they have to put a couple of things in, and boom, it's sent to their door. You don't have to go and talk to your doctor about it. You don't have to go to the pharmacy and wait in line, because that is uncomfortable. That is awkward for people. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So you really have nothing to lose here except for $5 shipping. Because with just $5 shipping, you can use the special promo code BILL, B-I-L-L. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment absolutely free. Again, just pay $5 shipping and use the promo code BILL to get your first shipment absolutely free. That is your that is a one-month supply of Blue Chew for free. Great deal. 
Absolutely. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BILL to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And as always, we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. Josh, one of the people that throughout my career I have enjoyed the company of both professionally and personally is Terry Allen, known as Magnum TA. And I've always, every time I see him and I interview him, I could sit for hours discussing the wrestling business. And a few weeks ago, when we were going over our guest list, I suggested Magnum TA, and you really perked up. Yeah, I, you know what? Magnum TA is a guy that, for me, when I was a, growing up as a fan, was always fascinating to me because he was that, that, that guy that you always heard about um, in you know from the the late '80s, where it was about to be this humongous breakout star, and then tragically had that accident that ended his career. And to me, it almost became like mythical of this idea of of oh man, what would Magnum TA be doing now if he was in in yeah. WCW or the WWF or whatever it was? And to have this opportunity to talk to him uh, and to hear about his career and to hear his thoughts on what he would have been doing at that time. Uh, was really cool. And I implore anybody who might be listening going, ah, Magnum TA, yeah, he was before my time. Definitely, if, if nothing else, that's even more of a reason to take a listen to to what he had to say in this interview. Um, great guy, great insight into the business, still a fan of the business today. Oh, he certainly is. He certainly is. And by the way, he is the uh, stepfather of tessa blanchard and he's so proud of her yeah absolutely and and for good reason so that's enough chatting from just you and me bill how about we uh throw magnum ta in the mix and head right over to the after chat with magnum ta magnum ta so magnum ta your stepdaughter tessa blanchard she's fabulous tell us about tessa well tessa is as i told her many many years ago, which has been almost five years since she started, Tessa has had that it factor since she was young. And that special intangible about a young woman that you just see something special in. And until she found wrestling, she didn't really have something to put that whole package together with. But when she found something that she had, that she loved and that she had a passion for, and then combined that untapped charisma of hers, I knew that it was going to be something that was going to take on a life of its own. And she's worked her rear end off. She's got as good a work ethic as her dad or I either one had, and we prided ourselves on working as hard or harder than anyone else uh, we were surrounded by. And that has done nothing but take her in giant steps up to the front of the class where she's gotten recognition uh, that's really unheralded for someone with the amount of matches that she's had. People always talk about nature versus nurture, and she got the best of both worlds, you know, and uh, as far, especially as far as being a part of this business. Do you think that she could be a part of with this whole women's revolution that's going on, and not just in the WWE, even though that's branded that way, uh, this whole women's evolution, do you think that she can be seen uh, as a front runner of that? I think that if she stays on the track that she's on now, that within two to three years, 
that she could be the hottest commodity outside of the WWE universe going, much like Kenny Omega is probably viewed like today on the male side of that. Great, great comparison. Great comparison. And and I really see that in her future. There's only two things that could could keep that from happening, and they both involve her. If she somehow lost her passion and her love and her burning desire to be the best, then then she might not realize all that she could be. Secondly, and the one thing we just all you know hope and pray you know never happens to anyone is that she remains injury free, sure. because you've got to be durable in this in this industry. You've got to be able to take take the the grind and and continue to improve yourself and recover and heal and go on and and give the next five star performance and and. That's a tough gig, but she's only 23 years old. She's got youth on her side. And, you know, I see 25, 26, you know, somebody that, you know, as, you know, she, you know, as she uses in her, in her, you know, interviews and talks about it, and it's true, you know, she's going to make herself, as I told her, I said, make yourself so good that they can't deny what you should be. And not because of your name, not because of anything anybody else says, because you're just recognized is being that daggone good that they can't deny it. So she, you know, she's using that and and dug into that and you know, she doesn't come from a you know, from a easy you know, silver spoon in her mouth kind of background. She's no. worked hard since she was a young girl. Sure. And she always had this great work ethic and so you know, I just, you know, I support her. I support anyone that follows their dreams and has a love and a passion for something that they can uh, make their mark and, and make a mark in the industry and, and make a living and, and make money. Cause of, you know, at the end of the day, you can't do something for free. It's gotta be, it's gotta be something that, uh, you know, pays the bills and brings on the bacon, but uh, you know, really the sky's the limit. I mean, she's only, you know, five, four, five, five. She's not, not a giant, but uh, you know, neither is Ray Mysterio. And she does she fly like Ray Mysterio right now? No. But, you know, there, she wasn't, she hadn't even started lifting the first weight, I think, in her life until she was like 19 years old. Oh, wow. and, what she, and what she's done and built herself into and now, you know, able to do reps for squats with 225 pounds yeah. and, 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 you know, handle weights that, you know, a lot of men that aren't in shape can't handle. Uh, then, you know, she's got just absolutely, you know, everything in the world going for her in that regard. The sky is really the limit, and the only limiting factors could be those one, two, th- one of two things. The only person that can take Tessa out of this game and out of this 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 uh, meteor meteor ride that she's on is her, and and I and I think that uh, uh, she's not going to do that because she's got that iron will determination, uh, just like you know we all had to have back in the day to be yeah. successful, and and she's implementing that. It's not just the talk. She's She's walking the walk and talking the talk. Tell us about a relationship that a lot of people either don't know or don't talk about, and it's a positive one. Tell us about her relationship with uh, her trainer, George South. Well, George, you know, she had been training with George secretly for about, I don't know, maybe five or six months before I even knew that she was pursuing it. And and George is just like the most down-to-earth guy ever i mean he's got and he's got more ring time underneath him than 
you know, anybody besides maybe Ricky Martin. Yeah, right. Doing it, and and you know his his love for people and his passion, love for the business, and his compassion for teaching those that really earnestly want to, and you know aren't just you know a bunch of idiots uh, thinking this is some just easy life. Uh, then you know he gives it all to. So George has kept her really grounded. He 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 taught her the you know just the fundamentals and and uh, uh, you know she was working out in the ring with Cedric when he was you know before he'd gotten in with the WWE and uh, you know she so she was around some some good uh, solid folks before she ever even you know took her first baby step. And Tessa always had this aptitude for acting when she was in high school. So, you know, she did drama courses and, and had studied it and studied acting and, and loved that, but never really wanted to be an actress. But she, when she saw Tully get get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, it's like a light bulb went off. And she said, you know, I might could do this. Yeah. And, she did, and she didn't, like, come home and just start – you know, he's talking about it overnight, but it, it, it sowed that seed in her mind. And she liked the way she felt in that atmosphere. And, um, you know, now she's, you know, out there on the road, you know, paying her dues and, and uh, putting in the work and, and you know, reaping, reaping some benefits, but still paying a lot of dues to ultimately get to uh, the peak where she you know, wants to be. We last saw you at NWA 70, the 70th anniversary event of the NWA. Um, what was it like being there in that building and that atmosphere? It was, it was really special. It was, it was uh, like kind of like a homecoming of sorts, though there was lots of other faces I would have loved to have seen there and, and shared stories with, but, but being there with, Dory Funk Jr. and Mill Maskeris and Road Warrior Animal and and uh, you know just uh, and Cody of course uh, there to defend the world NWA World Title. It, it was just a really special event all the way around, and and it was just by sheer happenstance that I got to be a part of it at the last minute. JJ was slated to be there and had a JJ untimely, Dillon. About. Yeah, JJ Dillon. Yeah, and had an untimely. Uh, incident take place that made it impossible for him to attend and it opened the door and and i and uh, you know i made the trip and got to be there and the fans were so gracious and kind and and um you know made me feel like they remembered you know from 30 some years ago uh you know what you know what my part is was in the in the game back then and uh it, it was just it, it, it was nice because there was there's so much heritage that we were so rich in that we were just adamant at defending and, and building up and protecting, you know, back in the the late seventies and the eighties and the nineties. And, you know, I, I wasn't part of really seeing the NWA being pushed to the background because I, I got away from the business in 91 and though, you know, they no you know, it was no mention really made of it because I saw the WCW, deals and nobody wanted to really talk about NWA anything. And mm-hmm. I mean, I saw, I saw it coming, but I didn't really see all the struggles and things that they did and the people that tried to resurrect it, you know, over, you know, in the, in the nineties and the two thousands. And, you know, I, I didn't really see all that. Right. So what I remember, what I remembered was the glory years of the, 
you know, the Jack Briscoes and the Harley Races and the Dory mm-hmm. Funk Juniors and Gene Kaninskys and, you know, the the Brick Flares, the men that fought for this coveted title for, you know, what to me was a lifetime. And um, so to see someone respecting it, trying to restore it to its uh, former glory and bring it into modern times is uh, really refreshing. And I, I, I talked to Billy Corgan while, while I was there and I even told him, I said, you know, I didn't until I was part of all in, I really didn't understand your vision and kind of where you're going. And I really felt like it was kind of a hopeless cause because I would see somebody trying to recreate you know, that which we had 30 years ago. And without the territories and the, all the places uh, being unified and recognizing the champion and all the things that it takes, I didn't see that being physically possible. But today, with social media and the Internet and, and, and independent organizations that are starting to flourish, like the Ring of Honor and, and, and Japan Wrestling and the Impact and, you know, what these other folks are doing, now I, I see, yeah, you know, somebody could you know, bring it back and, and have it recognized and organized and you know, have a board of directors and have the things that it takes to make it a governing type body again. Right. So, uh, so it was, it was special. And I, 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 you know, do I think they're there? You know, of course they're not there. I mean, you know, they, they, they're, this is going to take time and nurturing and, and cultivating, but there's people now that love it are passionate about it again or talking about it, uh, you know, in the same, uh, words and phrases that I was accustomed to. And, uh, it was really refreshing. I mean, Jeff Jarrett, the same thing. He's, you know, very, very pro, uh, the NWA, um, you know, franchise and what that represents. Sure. So, you know, I, so I'm hopeful, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that it can, it can be, uh, I don't want to say re- resurrected more, more like, reborn Reborn. because it really needs to be you know it needs to be recreated in a modern environment in which it can be successful exactly because the the what the wrestling fan has seen in the past years is a different type of product that they're accustomed to viewing and the older nwa product they i don't know if the fans of today, the younger fans of today, can sit and watch those great matches like I used to watch with uh, uh, Jack Briscoe against Dory Funk Jr. and these type of matches because the uh, it's almost like an attention span. It's, well, it's totally different. What you're conditioned different. to, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's the, but it's in media, it's in everything. If you watch the movies today, if you go watch mm-hmm. a movie and all the you know the quick change scenes and all the fast video and all the things that happen. It's not like watching a John Wayne movie, you know, back in the seventies, right. which right. you know, which was box office and sold, and it was great. But it was great in its time. I mean, I still like going back and watching those things. But but frankly, if I was going to go be paying money at the box office, you know, I wouldn't want to pay box office money for something that I knew was antiquated. I'd want something new and modern sure. and cutting edge. Sure. And and the wrestling fan deserves the same thing. I mean, the days of. I mean, Ric Flair and I did 19 one-hour Broadways. Oh, I was there uh, for most of them. matches, incredible and you were there. Yeah, and, and when we first got on TB, TBS, and that's how we, you know, rebuilt the Crockett, you know, foundation mm-hmm. to go on and do what they did was through that credibility that those one-hour matches uh, brought to the table of, you know, our product as opposed to, 
you know, Vince's product back then when Hogan was, uh, you know, in his heyday and, and going out there and having a, you know, a 10 minute entrance and a 15 minute afterwards and about a five minute match. <laughs> brother and and yeah and and that's you know i'm and i'm not knocking that because it was entertaining it, worked, it was just a them. marketably different product right i mean we would go into philly or or go into pittsburgh or, or baltimore we could go head to head with them give them two completely different products and sell out both buildings right so there's people out there that you know like all flavors and i'm not against any of them i mean i i'm just i came from the Eddie Graham, Bill Watt school of defending the business and making believers out of, you know, whoever, what, you know, I, I don't think I ever had anybody walk out of the marina after they saw Nikita and I or Tully and I oh, go to man. battle and, and said anything, but, you know, I just saw a hell of a contest. Yeah, Those right. guys wanted to kill each other. And so, I mean, that was what we were trying to do back then. Now to, to the modern era, you know, we don't have, we we don't we've got we don't just have cable TV anymore. Everything we do is instantly known two seconds after we do it. That's right. right. So you've got to be much more creative. You've got you know Tessa had the seventy five minute match last week, B- broke the record for women, and uh, you know longest match any two women have ever gone in wow. history. And, and wait, wait, who was that? Where was it, uh, Magnum? Yeah, you know I don't even know where it was now. Okay. I, I mean because it but but you know she was. Uh, you know, digging in and doing that. But, of course, instantly, the minute she did it, it was publicized. Somebody was streaming it. You know, it's out there. And it's a once-and-done kind of deal today. You can't get the mileage out of things that that you could 30 years ago. Oh, absolutely not. You know, Telly and I worked five months in that program up to the I Quit match, when it culminated in that, you know, that brutal battle. You couldn't do that today because, it. you know, we – did repetitive things all around the horn based on the angles and things we were doing on TV. And we could get all that mileage out of it. And now you, you got to create, you know, new programming, you know, seven days a week basically and, and keep going and, and figure out what you're going to do next. Right. Uh, if Billy Corgan were to come to you and ask you one question and just say, what is one piece of advice that you could give me? with this venture, with the NWA, what do you think that one piece of advice would be? Well, that's a loaded question. It is. <laughs> it's, it's an excellent question. Because I just loaded. met Billy, and, and, and I want to stay on really good terms with him because okay. I just met him. Yeah. Hey, I don't want uh, to be responsible but, for for hurting your reputation. Well, no, no, but, but the thing of it is, is someone's got to build bridges between all these independent organizations. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see potentially the NWA could be because when where once we had all these territories that all had their own champion yeah. and then the NWA would, you know, champion would make the loop and come around and, you know, work in your territory or go to Japan or go to New Zealand or go wherever, you know, and, and wrestle their top guy. Hence all the Broadway they did because they didn't ever want to beat their own champion with a champion that was just going to leave. And he wasn't going to drop the belt to all those guys. But today, somebody has got to be strategic enough to make everybody be able to feel like they've got a piece of the pie and, and they're not going to be undermined and there's not going to be some tomfoolery with someone trying to create a, uh, a power struggle, but somehow get back in the environment, whether it's the champion 
that can you know go to Ring of Honor, the champion that can make appearances on Impact, the champion to go to Ring of Honor in 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 Japan and over mm-hmm. here, and you know go all these places like they did without it being a threat. Absolutely, where it's where it's a value add and not a you know and not something they have to pay for. You know, like the old days of the NWA getting 10% of the gate and all that stuff, not making it a, a money monster. Just help brand but, it but some, again. Yeah, yeah, to get the brand back to where it, it, it makes money in and of itself, just the name. And and then everybody makes money when you, you know, create this you know, this perception of of the governing body and, and this the, the heritage of it. And, you know, all these things. And, I, and everybody's very defensive about it because they've invested so much in their own champions. I get that. Right. But that's the only way, you know, it would ever work. And that and that's the exact reason that the Crockett's and, and Vince ran everybody out of business. You know, they didn't care about the AWA champion. They didn't care about, you know, uh, about the Von Erichs in, in their group world and their class. championships yeah. or, or world class. You know, they, they you know. You know, frankly, all they cared about was making money. But inevitably, they cut their legs out from underneath themselves by being greedy, and and ruined the very thing that fed, feeds the whole the whole tree. They cut the roots off, and you know, henceforth, you know, we've got this very one dimensional, one sided capability today, which isn't healthy or isn't profitable for anyone. So, you know, if if I were Billy. I would be trying to to form relationships with with po- folks that are you know frankly probably aren't that easy to form relationships with. Mm-hmm. It may take a team of people to do it, and to uh, it, it may take uh, several years for it to grow to what it's got the potential of being. But it's got to start somewhere. It's got to be a group effort. For, Yes, and it, 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 so it's got to be a representation from each of these successful operations to recognize something, and then, but then not, and then not lure them in under the guise of one thing, and then try to financially rape them on the other side of it. Right. You know, if if you truly want to do it and bring back the heritage, then it's got to be a whole lot of give on behalf of the guy that wants to to build all this. And and then see that you know there, there's enough money out there for everybody, if you do this makes sense. But right now it's a it's a very limited little tunnel yeah, of yeah. of folks you know trying to to accomplish this thing. And uh, uh, I don't know, I'm sure you guys heard that they're going they're going to do the Crockett Cup. Yes. Uh, they, they announced that at the event, and which is really exciting. But for that to be really exciting, you need. You know, you, you need, need all the best 10, 12, 14 spectacular tag teams. But to wait, go into wait. That. you also need the mentality of the current NWA fan that is watching this is what was the Crockett Cup? They do have to educate people. And I think they, and I, but I think they've done a, a, a great job with the 10 pounds of gold documentaries I that agree. they were doing. So I, I think agree. educating is something they can do. But, but yeah, I think you make, I think you make a great point uh, that you need. All these teams, you can't just find a couple of random, exactly. random guys, throw them together, and call it the Crockett Cup because nope. that's not no. what that is. No, um, no, I, and and it's not it's not like the May Young Classic. I mean, the May right. Young Classic, they dangle out the the potential of well, if we like what we see, we may sign you to a you know a developmental contract. Sure. Well, 
Well, you know, you know, I realize that's the rite of passage in the way that most people, you know, now find their way into the WWE organization. But I mean, you know, obviously Ronda Rousey didn't go through the the, <laughs> the developmental center, and and anybody who's really worth their salt and who has drawn and been a performer on a very high level, uh, you know, would would not really want to go through that experience. Even though, don't get me wrong, I think the NXT product in many ways is much more exciting to watch than than what I what I see on Raw and SmackDown. Oh, a lot sometimes. of people share that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, so I, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of it. I wish they would just bring it completely out into the mainstream as a third brand, rather than it being like a minor league because it's not a minor league. Do I mean, there's world class talent, you know, sitting on that roster there, just just ready to be exposed. So to me, that's just an that's another avenue of having a third brand. Do you think it would lose its uh, its appeal though to the audience? If it were to become mainstream, do you think maybe? No, you know, I don't know if it would or not. I mean, I, you know, my my old my old NWA roots type mentality, you know, likes to think, yeah, that would ruin it. But you know, I've watched what business can do. I mean, what's good for business is good for business. If it's if it's a, uh, you know, a little bit of markedly different product with different kind of storylines and a little more serious, um, then you know, who knows. You know, they could create their own type NWA type environment, yeah, yeah. you know, right, right, right out of that. Uh, but, you know, that but, you know, to me, I think Billy Corgan is a smart man. And I think he's going to think outside the box. I mean, I would go I, I and, I, and I don't think he has any, you know, any delusions of going out there to try to compete you know, with the big, the big machine, sure. the, the WWE universe is, he, that's not even remotely in his thought process, right. and it but he knows that he, no, and it, it doesn't have to be. And honestly, I uh, just really get, go with it here. I would go and get with triple H and, and see if he didn't want to support because they made rumor of wanting to support the grassroots you know, organizations in different ways to help develop talent. And I, I wouldn't be so surprised that he wouldn't embrace trying to formulate it, you know, maybe want some uh, say-so in how it was all done, but to use it as a way to bridge all those gaps together so that the WWE would have uh, even greater opportunity to utilize that talent down the road. Yeah, because he's uh, Triple H is an old-school mentality guy in a new-school world. So I could I could actually see that. So I speaking of old school and new school, um, that leads me to my my other question that I had for you. This is just something I've always wondered. So um, your career, correct me if I'm wrong. Your career in ring came to an end in uh, the end of 1986. Is that correct? October 14th, 1986. Right. So a lot of people, I think, because you haven't been in the ring since '86. I think a lot of people forget how young you actually are and that had that unfortunate accident not occurred that you would have been around. You would have been in, in you would have, if I'm doing my math right, you would have been your late thirties in the start of the attitude era. Well, the attitude era would have started earlier. I can tell you right now, we were, we were blazing down that trail like Mach seven. And, and you know, the, if Jimmy hadn't lost control of the ship, if you think back on the the yeah the the violent 
confrontations and the things that we were portraying, it was only, I mean, I'd already popped Bob Geigel in the mouth. It was only a matter right. of time before Crockett. I, I had you on my, I had you on my segment at that point, and I got letters of people that were going to kill me when I asked you about that. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but no, no but my, so, so what I was wondering, though, was um, in that time that preceded your, uh, the end of your career, your retirement, is there a time, if you look back now, if you say, is there one time you say that's maybe maybe that's a roster that I would have wanted to been able to work with, or that's a time of the television product that I would have wanted to be able to be a part of? Is there anything? Oh, hand, hands down, hands down, not even a question, had the tide go, gone the way that it did, which, you know, we can would have, should have, could have ourselves to death. Sure. But the fact is, the Crockett's had the whole world built around me, mm-hmm. and they didn't have a plan B. I was going to be their champion. They wanted mm-hmm. Flair to be their their Jack Nicholas, their golden bear. That was the words right out of Jimmy Crockett's mouth. They wanted him to be like the elder spokesperson because he was 10 years older than me. And, and they wanted a completely different youthful look to the champion. And so when Magnum, you know, untimely 27 years old gets you know laid out and out of the game completely they went you know they they had we had great momentum going we were doing sellout business and they went bazooty buying you know signing all these guys to these big ticket contracts trying to keep it all going well if that was the direction of things had gone i would have hands down wanted to be involved with vince's organization because because steve austin's character was nothing more than, than you know, a modern version of me with no hair and drinking beer in public instead of instead of on the you know in the cars and airplanes going down the road, you know. I'm, yeah, I mean seriously. I mean he they, he just got to have a ball, and 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 I would have absolutely loved that. I'd love to work with him. I'd love to work with 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 you know Triple H and. And 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 Shawn Michaels and you know that whole crew of people. Oh, you would have fit and, in perfectly. Yeah, I, and I'd been writing my prime to do it. Yeah, and that's the thing I think a lot of people don't realize, as I said before, is that you would have been right in your prime at that time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it wasn't meant to be. But thankfully for us, you were able to join us uh, today yeah, on, on the after on chat, the after chat uh, which has been a definitely a career highlight for me to be able to talk to you for as long as. And I have. always with me, you know that. You well, know. it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Bill, Bill's like family to me, and and one of the few Likewise. people on this earth that I trust with you know pretty much anything. So, uh, so you know, you you guys can reach out to me anytime you like, and we will do that. And I, yeah, you know, it's just you know, it's 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 funny, but you know, the thing what what goes around it comes back around to different in a different way in a different form. But you know, the thing is that people will always love wrestling for different reasons and and still have a passion for it and they know it's all entertainment but they'll get as wound up about it today as they did in 1985 yep. and uh you know and it's and it special because of that and i'm just you know i'm really thankful just to have had the opportunity to be part of the business and what i got to do in a six-year period of time is frankly uh you know just amazing to go from square one to where where I got to go yeah. to, and I'm thankful for the ride that I had. You were one of my favorite photographic subjects in the studio with the with the Bill Watts belt, with the U.S. belt. You always looked 
amazing. By the way, one thing that I have to take exception is, is you said, you know, people look at it today like entertainment. Go to the school bus stop in the mornings and listen to the kids. They're not talking about entertainment. They're talking about how much Braun Strowman hates Brock Lesnar. And it's still, oh yeah, no, it's still real. Oh yeah, to they them. they still yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it 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 captures their imagination, and it's still a struggle. And it's, uh, I mean, ah, uh, you know, it, it's it's it's, and 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 that's one of the things I love about Vince and what he's done with the women. And I mean, you know, I mean Charlotte and um, and Becky Lynch have got one of the best feuds going. Yeah, I've seen, you know, like ever. And 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 are building something that's you know you know become personal and and people are just you know some people you know like Becky some people don't some people think she's justified people don't they don't they're like I mean it's like all about everybody is so emotionally invested in it that that's what makes good business and so I mean you know that stuff's great and you know it's you know so sad uh, you know the announcement with Roman Reigns last night just like oh, choked me up yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I, and somebody was, um, you know, saying, you know, you know, what does it make you feel like? Well, I know exactly what it feels like. You know, I mean, been right there and, you know, he, this kid's in a fight for his life and, um, and, you know, my heart goes out to him. My prayers go out for him and his family and, and it's become real, real, real quick. But I can tell you, like I posted today on, on, online and no kidding, the, the hero that he portrayed was, you know, bigger than life, but the, the speech he made on 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 Raw last night uh, made him the biggest hero on the planet to me because he stepped up and he was a man. Yep. I mean, he handled that better than than anybody could ever be asked to handle such a such a, a task. And uh, you know, I just hope that he's able to make a comeback from it like he did, uh, you know, eleven years ago whenever he had his first bout with it that he can overcome it again. But uh, but yes, yeah, you know the magic's still there. I'm still a fan. I follow all the products out there, and uh, I want to see the NWA uh, revitalized, revived. If you know, if I can help Billy and those guys, if anybody ever wants to ask my opinion about something, I will. If not, I'll just keep my mouth shut and be glad to be around. <laughs> Well, as promised, an awesome interview with Magnum TA. It was it was an honor for me to get to uh, speak with him. Bill, obviously, you've known him forever. Um, just a great guest for us to have on the show here. I want to have him back, by the way, as an analyst, because when we had him on um, recently analyzing one of the upcoming WWE pay-per-views, mm-hmm. He was brilliant. We've got we've to yeah. work out a contract to see if we could bring him on as a regular analyst. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that you've known him forever, but you've known a lot of people. And that kind of brings us. That's a perfect segue into the after chat classics brought to you by Smart Hold. Bill, who, who are you pulling from the vault this week? Well, this week from the vault, you and I always throughout all the weeks of this are always talking about how tough wrestlers are. Yeah. And one of the toughest wrestlers in the world I mean, really so well-known in Japan and here in the United States and Australia. And he's retired, and he was on the same level and a tag team partner with Bruiser Brody. And he's the man who broke Bruno Sammartino's neck at Madison Square Garden. And I'm talking about uh, the man from Borger, Texas, 
Stan the Lariat Hansen. And in this interview, it started off very nicely and it became confrontational. So let's take a listen right now to 10 minutes with one of the toughest men in pro wrestling, Stan the Lariat Hansen. Okay, this is Bill Apter and speaking here with a uh, man known as the Bounty Hunter in this area, Stan Hansen. Stan, first of all, let's have your height and weight. 6'5", 312 pounds. Okay, now how did Stan Hansen break into professional wrestling, first of all? Terry Funk came to me when I was playing professional football and offered... Uh, Who were you playing football for? San Diego Chargers and... He offered a deal that I just couldn't resist and pass up, plus uh, the money in professional wrestling is uh, second to none. And, okay. uh, You're saying it was more of a money issue? Yes. Uh, otherwise, yes. would you have stayed in football? Or? Uh, I probably would have, yes. But, were, uh, were you around the same time Ernie Ladd was with the uh, No, with the no, I was, I was later. I'm 26. I'm the youth of America, brother. Uh, do you feel that you probably would have gelled as a greater football star than Ernie Ladd ever could have been? I don't know. Friendly with Lane, He's uh, he was a great football player, for, of course. But uh, I was a great middle linebacker too, and I was I was just in the professional uh, football for one year out of college. And uh, like I said, the uh, Funk family came around and offered me to uh, to come out of football and into professional wrestling. And uh, like I said, the money was uh, twice as good. And uh, as I've uh, proven here in the Northeast after breaking Bruno Sammartino's neck. But, all right. Well, we'll we'll get into that, Stan. All right. First of all. Did that become now detrimental to Terry Funk? Because Terry Funk, especially down in the area of Amarillo, where you started around the Texas area, Terry Funk is, uh, is he's loved by the fans. Stan Hansen isn't. I'm sure you've wrestled Terry Funk. Have you become bitter toward him? Or? Not really bitter. Again, like uh, it's uh, Terry Funk and I are on a business uh, friendship. Uh, in this business, you never know. That's why I'm a loner. I don't have a lot of friends. Uh, but mainly because you're going to have to step in there and you're going to have to hurt and be hurt by people. You, you can't get to know anybody like them. So Terry Funk and I are strictly on a business thing. And he did start me in professional. It really is Dory Funk Sr. And Terry uh, is a few years older than me, and he instrumental in it. But he, we realize that it's mainly a professional friendship. So in other words, really, it's a professional friendship, but when you get into that ring, you'll wrestle anybody you don't care. Who do yes, yes, uh, definitely. The money's the name of the game. And... Uh, to make big money, you got to beat people, and uh, that's exactly what I do. And if I get in the ring with Terry Funk, I'm going to beat him, hurt him, make my money. All right. Now, a couple of times during this interview already, if you mentioned age and the youth of America, why, why are you so into this, Stan? What well, let me tell you. You know, the, the people, uh, the hierarchy in Washington, uh, the, it's going through a big change all over the country. Everybody's beginning to doubt the older people. You know, a few years ago, if you were over 30, then you couldn't be trusted. Well, this uh, adage is uh, becoming true today. You know? Oh, I'm, I'm 31. In other words, you can't trust me. Well, I don't know. You know, I'm not saying uh, the age is really a state of oh, mind, I, I but I'm it. just saying, you know, it doesn't have to be set at 30, but uh, just like uh, the Watergate and everything that happened in Washington, people are becoming disenchanted with the, the upper echelon. Well, look. You know, they got to make room for Stan Hansen because I, I broke into wrestling three years ago and I made great, great progress and, and I'm at the top right now. Right, and now, we know you've held the Texas championship. 
And uh, now I'm sure you're going to say you lost that title on a technicality. You lost that to uh, Rocky Johnson, am yes, I correct? Yes, uh, it was uh, definitely a technicality. A what was technical about this? Well, uh, the referees, uh, it was obvious Mr. Paul Bosch, I say Mr. Uh, the promoter down in uh, Houston, Texas, uh, uh, was really close to Rocky Johnson. And uh, again, the Funk family and myself uh, included a number of times in Houston have, have been given uh, calls by the referee that really are questionable. And it carried over from him knowing that uh, Dory Funk Sr. started me in professional wrestling. It carried over down there in Houston. You mean there's been a vendetta just because you had the Funk yes, name behind yes, you? Yes, definitely. Uh, at the time I come in there, you know, I was, uh, uh, I was doing a little work. Like I say, I'm a bounty hunter and Terry Funk over the period of years is, uh, and especially in the last year or so, paid me a little bit of money to go down there and clean up Houston, Texas, and that's exactly what I did. And I tried to get rid of uh, Paul Bosch, and uh, and I did get rid of uh, Rocky Johnson, and, uh, Chief Peter Maiva for the Texas mm -hmm. belt, and then mm -hmm. uh, I was uh, stuck with this Rocky Johnson with uh, Paul Bosch in his corner, the promoter actually getting in the, the into the corner of uh, my opponent, and it was, a, you know, it was, I'd say technicality. I say it was uh, just a little bit one-sided. And uh, are, are you sure you're just not copying out that you lost the title? No, I, would you admit a defeat if you were cleanly defeated? Let would me tell you, you say something. In athletics, one must uh, learn to <laughs> lose gracefully. You know, I've never lost a battle. You know, a lot of people say they've never lost. I've never lost. I've never you're, lost. You're dodging the question. Field. If you would lose a match, would you admit that the other guy was better? Yes, than I would. Uh, but I've never lost a match. Okay. I never lost well, in football. I never played over anybody that I didn't beat. I'm not saying my team didn't win. Mm -hmm. The brother Stan Hansen walked off the field the winner. Okay, fine. That's Let's, exactly uh, what I'm talking about in Texas. All right, now you left Texas, and uh, Freddie Blassie, I know, was down there scouting for new wrestlers, and he was very impressed by you, and especially something you used in Texas, an elbow smash. Well, it's not an elbow smash. It's called the Lariat. Yeah, this is your name for it. Yes. Uh, what, uh, you know, it goes back to... Uh, in football, I played middle linebacker, and I was known all over the country. Anybody that come across, you can talk to anybody that knows football, what a clothesline is. When somebody comes across the, uh, the middle linebacker, just the clothesline takes the head right off. It's illegal to a certain extent. It's very devastating, just like in, and I incorporated it to uh, putting an elbow pad on to protect my elbow from the tremendous pressure it's taking. Right, now, you're saying to protect the elbow, okay? Yes. I, along with thousands of other people, so you use that lariat on several wrestlers, and during an interview, uh, I saw an announcer hit that lariat, wiggle it a little loose, and coins came flying out of that lariat. Well, Let's have your side of the story. No, no he'd, uh, yes, he definitely, but uh, as you said, you know, the TV announcer, the man that was doing the interview and everything, when he wiggled the thing, he had something in his hand himself. You say you he know. threw the yes, coin? Yes, uh, he, like he just let all the coins. He's trying to put into people's mind that the, the bounty hunter, Stan Hansen's not the, uh, the best and the you meanest You know we can't all. really buy that, Stan. I well, mean, I don't care whether you buy it or not. Okay, fine. We'll move on now to uh, a couple of weeks later after that incident. The big one. You were wrestling Bruno San Martino here at Madison Square Garden. First, you slammed Bruno San Martino and busted his neck. Then, to complicate matters, you threw him into the ropes, hit him square in the jaw with the lariat, totally busting that neck, aggravating the condition. You proud of this? Let me tell you. First, let's set a few things straight. It wasn't the slam that broke Bruno San Martino. Well, this is what Bruno neck. said. I was in Pittsburgh well, let me last tell you, week. Now. Bruno San Martino. He's going to try to find a way out. He know he doesn't want a reputation. He doesn't want to build my reputation. I'm going to set Bruno and everybody else straight. 
You know, when you step into that ring, if the, if the heat's too high, then get out. Brother, every time you step in there, you, you're taking a chance with your life. Mm -hmm. Your neck, your back, your leg, your arm, everything. You know, professional wrestling, you can win in a number of ways. One is through submission. That means going against the joint, pain, right. until you give up. Well, I've never given up. Bruno Sammartino maybe should have given up. I did slam Bruno Sammartino on his head. But let me tell you something. In the past, I'm sure that Bruno Sammartino's been slammed a number of times on his head, on his mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. He's taken tremendous beating. I've taken tremendous beating. But the point I'm getting to was it was the lariat that broke Bruno well, Sammartino's Well, this is what neck. Bruno said. He said that uh, during that, that slam, he felt the pain in the back and in the neck and then the lariat and a clean snap of the neck. Now, uh, like I said, are you proud of this? Yes, I'm proud of it. You know, I was paid by Mr. Fred Blassie to come up here for one reason, get revenge. The people don't realize that Mr. Blassie has one eye and one eye only, and the reason is that he was jumped and was put out by about five or six wrestlers, he tells me by. Now, do you believe Blassie just because he paid you Why should, you should he come up here and, and give me a lie story? The man's put cold, hard cash. That's the greatest bond in professional wrestling. Do you feel that money tells the truth? Yes. The man comes up and offers me X number of dollars and a lot of dollars. I'm telling you, I've got great bonuses since Bruno San Martino's been in the thing. I've done exactly what he uh, paid me to do. A lot of people have tried to do exactly what I've done. Didn't he also pay you Stan to get Hans the belt, Stan? Huh? He paid you to get the belt also, yes. didn't he? The belt will Why be mine and his, him? yes. Why, Why don't I have the belt? Right. That is a big question. Again, it's just a Yankee against the Texan. The whole Yankee commission, I beat the man. I walked out of the ring. I was the winner. Where is the man? He's supposed to be here. He can't even wrestle. Well, I should hospital. have the belt. Well, tough. That's tough. Yeah, I beat the man. Why don't I have the belt? Okay, what Another about, technicality. What about future plans now with uh, Stan Hansen and the Lariat? For example, Terry Funk, maybe even Nick Bockwinkle. You think you're going after both of those titles? I tell you, like I said, Mr. Blassie's my manager at this stage in my career. If he wants me to go after Terry Funk or Nick Bockwinkle or anybody, Vern Gagne, uh, Fritz von Erich, it doesn't matter who. Wahoo McDaniels, Dusty Rhodes, I'm telling you, the lariat can beat all. Speaking about Dusty Rhodes, you, you were talking about youth and all that and people following you. Dusty Rhodes has got that American dream movement. Do you, do you feel that's bull and you should, the fans should be getting behind you and that type of thing? Well, you know, I'm just saying that I'm a young man, 26 okay, years you go old, again I'm a great athlete. Right, right. I'm in great, great age shape, again. 312 what well, happens when you get over 30, Stan? I'm not saying you're just using 30 as a state. I said that was back a few years ago. But I'm 26 now. Yeah. I'm going to be on Easy Street. I'm going to be back down on my farm back in Texas raising my kids, you know, when I'm 30 years old. I'm in here to make money and make it right now. In the next four or five years, I'm going to pave it with gold and at anybody's expense. Okay, Bill, after with Stan, the bounty hunter Hanson. So, Josh, very intimidating. What kind of vibes did you get? Out of that uh, classic interview, uh, like you said, intimidating. Uh, he he was he was, and I would suggest probably still is uh, an intimidating force to be reckoned with. The last time I saw him was watching the WWE Hall of Fame when he was inducted in 2016. Um, yeah. But yeah, and he even then looked like uh, a guy you wouldn't want to mess with. But uh, what I did find interesting was, you know, you introduced him um, before we went into the the classic interview as Stan Larry Hansen, which is how I always knew him. Um, but you referred to him in the interview uh, as the bounty hunter. And I thought that was that was neat. I never knew that that was a nickname that he had. So Yeah, he um, did back then. It makes then. it even more the, horrifying uh... when you think about him. All right. So every week we will bring you another uh, uh, classic after chat 
and you can only hear them here on the after chat. So, Josh, hold on. Oh, all right. Uh, you at least have something for me to listen to while I'm holding, right? No, no. I just want to give you some dead silence. Oh. You enjoying this? The dead silence? No, not at all. And you know what? I don't think I'm alone. I think there are plenty of people who don't enjoy being put on hold to nothing but silence. You know what they need, Bill? They need a product put out by professional wrestler Mac Davis. They need a product called Smart Hold Message on Hold. What is Smart Hold? Would you Good like question. Me, would you like me to share with you? I really would. Would you like me to share with the after chatters as well? I think that would be superb. All right. Well, Smart Hold is a message on hold service for only $35 per month. That's right. Only $35 per month. Plus, Bill, no contracts. If you run a business where you place callers on hold, one of your most effective and least expensive marketing tools is message on hold from Smart Hold. Plainly put, when you place a caller on hold, you have a captive audience. I don't think a lot of people realize that. So replace the radio stations and CD players, which is illegal, by the way. Or maybe you have some really bad music that came with the phone. Even worse, silence. With today's cell phones, placing a caller on hold to silence is deadly. Most callers won't be sure if they're still connected or they'll probably hang up. Now, can you afford to lose that call? I couldn't. With Smart Hold, we make your caller's hold time enjoyable and informative while making the caller's hold time feel shorter. It also makes you sound more professional because with Smart Hold, you get pro voice talent, both male and female, unlimited message changes, professional script writers, broadcast quality audio, fresh background music, music, licensing fees, and even a Smart Hold player should you need one at no charge. All of that for only $35 per month per location served and no contracts. Go to www.smart-hold.com and order today. Again, that's www.smart-hold.com. Be smart. Get Smart Hold. So with Kenny Bolin, you never know what you're going to get. And Josh, when you and I talked to Kenny Bolin and asked him for his list off the top of his head of the top 10 turkeys of 2018. Little did I realize that he was going to be very graphic in his language. But then again, that's Kenny Bolin. Yeah, I don't know how you didn't realize that he was going to be graphic with his language. Um, he, th This is Kenny Bolin. And, and one thing that I'll say about Kenny Bolin is... Uh, you, you get all of him when, when you ask his opinion. All right, right now, let's go to the interview we did. And again, it's uh, graphic. So if you're not a fan of this type of uh, humor, please pass it by. Kenny Boland. So one of the most controversial people that we've had on, but one of the most fun segments we've had on is a segment. Josh, tell them what it's called. It's called 10 Pins at the Bolin Alley. With Kenny Bolin. Yeah, and uh, this week I got in touch with Kenny Bolin, and I said, do you think you could come up with a top 10 list, since it's November and Thanksgiving is just a few days away, with the top 10 turkeys of 2018? Kenny Bolin, welcome back to the After Chat. Well, it's about damn time. I thought I was going to be a weekly segment on this thing. 
I thought that was going to be on every week. And then, then I think I heard it got, well, King, we're going to do it every month. <laughs> six months, six months since I've been on, wasn't it during the Nixon administration? The last time you guys had me on, I think Bill's well, still recovering from the last time you were on. Oh, come on, man. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here. It's election well, night. We're watching all the elect, the, the polls are coming in. Republicans are dropping like flies. It's crazy out here. Well, tonight. here's what I want to say is to all the people, all the after chatters out there, that from here on, anything that Kenny Boland says do not necessarily reflect the opinions of anyone here on the after chat. So Kenny Boland, right now, the top 10 turkeys of 2018. Before, before I get started, I'm glad you phrased it that way. Because that also means that you don't necessarily disagree with the things I'm about to say. So you kind of left the door open there, you know? Oh, I like that. All right. Okay, top 10. Y'all contacted me. I uh, got with my people about a week ago. He wanted a top 10 list. Here we go. <clears throat> Number 10, General Akmar. Ak Who? Who? General Akmar. Number interesting. 9. That's interesting. Um, uh, uh, Princeton McGillicuddy. Strange name to live in Turkey. But what uh, Numbers Number 8. Turk John Chelik, uh, one of the great wrestlers that's now in the Turkish government over there. I don't. Josh, and, do you know about any of these people? I, I'm not familiar with this. Kenny, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned uh, that maybe you misunderstood. I thought you said you wanted the top 10 Turkish generals of all time. No, 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 no. Top 10 turkeys of oh, 2018. Well, turkeys, I thought you all meant Turkish generals. No, 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 no. Okay, let's let's try this again. Let's try this again. Well, right, well, I, got a, I, got, I had a backup list here just in case I misunderstood. You know me. Okay. I'm always prepared. It's professional. I've got a craving else. now for Turkish taffy. So not Turkish generals. That's right. Oh, damn, I had a hell of a list going. I only got three deep on that. All right, here we go. Don't slow me up. This is a great list, a uh, backup list, I might say. But here we go. Top Your ten, opinions. Top 10. Oh, my opinion. Slowly my opinion. I'll take the heat for all this. Top 10 turkeys. Here we go. Number 10 turkey, Golden Corral, but only during Thanksgiving week. Number nine, pst, that is a Kroger brand turkey. Not a bad turkey, very low cost. You can okay. get it for like 25 cents a pound. I think we've. Number eight, number eight, Purdue. Purdue, a fine turkey, but don't tell Damian Sandow that. He <laughs> hates that family. They put him out of the chicken business. Uh, number seven, Denny Moore chicken stew. Not a lot of people know about it. Pretty rare, hard to find. Josh, Denny I don't Moore think he understands stew. this. Yeah, I don't think uh, number six, uh, Country Pride. That's a mid-level off-brand. You uh, can get at Kroger okay. if you want to go Kenny, a little more Kenny, than King Bolin. Number King number, we got Jimmy Dean's pure. Plucked yeah. turkey. All right, All right. I think I feel a lot like of it. Know about the pure plucked turkey number. Uh, number coming in at number two, we got Alfred Meyer turkey bologna for right. those that don't want to mess with bones and cranberries and then the sauce and the mess. You got the Oscar Meyer turkey yeah, bologna. And number one, number one, this goes without saying, everybody knows it butterball. Butterball turkeys. <laughs> what a well, list. Well, what, 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 that, what, Kenny, Kenny, that, that was very. A uh, good list, very informative. entertaining, very informative, but not what we were looking for. Yeah, well, not was... a lot of people know about the Jimmy Dean's Pure Plucked Turkey. That's very rare, yeah. hard to find, and quite expensive, I might yeah. add. And, 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 and I, I, I actually remember with us. I actually remember Jimmy Dean. 
Well, now I well, you probably remember the sausage days when he got sick. He got into turkey. He 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 took a great love for pot-bellied pigs, and he quit selling sausage. So he hated turkeys, though. So, Josh, he right, so yeah, I'm not. Turkey. I'm not sure. I think we are all turned around here. So, yeah. uh, Kenny, again, thank you so much for that list. But that's not exactly yeah. what we had in mind. No. We were thinking oh, when we. Yeah. When we said turkeys, you didn't want the top 10 10 Turkish generals, which I had a hell of a list right here. Not that you would have known any of them, but I did my homework. I knew them. My son knew them. He he was wanting to be on the show tonight. Now you're crapping all over. I'll just say it. You're all over my top 10 turkey list here before Thanksgiving. I would never do that where I eat. This gives people a great idea of what to shop for when they go maybe to Kroger. I think next time we're going to have to email you exactly what we're looking for. This we meant people. So now you're people. saying I can't comprehend simple instructions. Is that what you're saying? Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. But this is can't supposed believe Bill to be said the that. top 10, the top 10 people who are considered. No one ever said people. No one said people. When, since when do you call people turkeys? Oh, I get it. You're talking about uh, who, who was that famous black comedian used to call everybody a jive turkey. Uh, the guy in Sanford and Son. Oh, you, uh, uh, Red Fox. Red Fox. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, not Red Fox. Red Fox's son. Oh, uh, Demont Wilson. No, not well. Flip Wilson said jive turkey too. That is correct. No, no, Demont Wilson, who was the Demont, actor. Well, there you go. Very Wayne good. Demont, okay. How'd you pull that name out of your ass? Dem- no one has said Demont Wilson's name today, but us. I'll promise you that. And I don't know that anyone said Flip Wilson's name today, but us both were known for saying Jive Turkey. That's I think Eddie, Eddie Murphy said it a time or two as well. And possibly who was the comedian that, that lit himself on fire snorting coke? Richard Pryor. There you go. Another Jive Turkey. All right. So yeah. do you think off the top of your head now or the oh. top of your crown, that yeah. you could come up with a right list here, yeah. of 10 people Ten people who would be considered the turkeys of 2018 well, this for is various totally, things they did. This is totally unorthodox, and I've already given you two of the greatest goddamn list ever presented in, in, in the history of mankind about turkeys. Yeah, no one's questioning. And now i got to sit here and come up with a third one to try and educate. The, oh, here, here we go. All right, off the top of my head. Number 10 person that was a turkey this year for 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's go with... We're going to get two turkeys and one on this one. How about the Bella bitches? How about wow. those two turkeys? I think you I think you meant twins there and just mispronounced it. No, but, I said uh, Bella bitches. Uh, <laughs> mispronounced the opinions anyway. expressed by Kenny Holman <laughs> are not the opinions. Well, I shouldn't call them turkeys because what they are is leeches. They're leeches. They're leeching off my money bag, John Cena. And then John Cena's little buddy was that little bearded goat. And goat don't stand for greatest of all time either. It's because he looks like a goddamn goat. And uh, those two, who knew they could never get a real man, latch on to that goat. And I I think he was dating both of them at once. And then he finally admitted he couldn't handle both of the Bella bitches. So I think Cena took the leftovers, was going to actually marry her. Can you imagine John Cena getting down and getting married? John Cena's laid every woman from from Albuquerque to, to New Zealand, and and he was they thought that one Bella bitch was going to pin down John Cena. No way in hell, baby. So there you go, number ten, the Bella bitches. That's what I know them as because you know they're not, they're not good people. Uh, let's see, number nine. I'm going to go with. Uh, can I go out of wrestling and pick a few of these? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but I, I, 
I, think for, I think for the sake of, of our careers in the wrestling yeah. business, maybe you I should. Know, I'm, I'm going to go with Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. I love really? Alec Baldwin. I love his impersonation of Trump. But that stupid he got in a damn fight with somebody the other day and got his ass kicked off the season premiere of Saturday Night Live. So I was deprived from getting to see a funny impersonation of Donald Trump because, once again, Alec Baldwin can't control his own temper. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put out a warning to Alec Baldwin right now. Next time you get hot and you want to piss him out, fight me. Me and you'll fight in a damn club somewhere. Just me and you where no one knows about it. And then when I get done whipping your ass, you'll get up and you'll do my funny Donald Trump impersonation. And then I'm not pissed off come Saturday night at about 1135. That's fair All enough, right. I suppose. And number eight, let's go with Vince McMahon. Okay. Vince McMahon for not having the guts to say, fuck you, Saudi Arabia. Fuck you for killing our journalist. You for for uh, treating your people so goddamn bad. I'm going to bring all my people over there. Collect your billions. Well, not all the people, because John Cena, who was tied into number ten turkeys, the Bella bitches, uh, he said I ain't going. And I think I think the goat said he wasn't going too, didn't he? Is the, yeah, did the goat? That's, go? that's and yes. I, and uh, well, you know, Saudis might eat a damn goat, so he's probably wise staying here. And then the other thing that kind of irks me a little bit is I'm a little disappointed that that, that little Christian wrestler, he's always bragging about how much he believes in God and all this, but he's going to go over there and take the payday. I'm talking about AJ Styles. Mm -hmm. I thought for sure he would boycott, but he didn't. He's apparently going. So my hat's off to the two that boycotted. Screw you, Vince McMahon, for taking blood money. You took him blood money. This thing's getting a little more serious than you guys were. Yeah, this this certainly really are. All right, never let's pick another turkey. Let's stick it. Let's stay in the wrestling business here. How about that little asshole Austin Aries? Yeah. How about that little half pint shrimp? How about that guy that was lucky to ever get five minutes in the wrestling business and and thanks everyone owes him the goddamn world? What's this I'm hearing? I hear it because I don't see a lot of TNA. And the reason I don't is because it sucks. Uh, TNA doesn't exist anymore. It's just Impact now. And you should check it out. Well, that's the last time I saw it. I think it was called WCW. Okay. That's the last damn thing I saw down there. So, uh, yeah, he I hear he got all upset because he had to lose to somebody with the last name of Impact. Can't blame him. If you're a f- human being that breathes and you had to lose to somebody named Impact, I'd probably be a little pissed, too. But you got to show professionalism. You got to take your loss, and you got to be like a man. And, and didn't you have some information on this, too? I heard that you guys talked about it on another podcast uh, about yeah. him just being a little baby. Well, maybe not so many words, but yeah, he did. Uh, he I did use a lot of words. He walked out of uh, at the end of either. Bound for Glory, and we don't know, you know, what's a, what's a work and what's a shoot. But it looks yeah. like uh, he's not he's not with Impact anymore. Um, he was a little little pissed off at that, but uh, I will tell you, most recently he's been uh, sparring on social media with a good friend of yours, James E. Cornette. Oh um, yeah, well, what have yeah. they been fighting about? Well, uh, Jim Cornette. Uh, said, don't knock Austin Aries' talent. He's a good performer. The only reason he fails everywhere is because he's a miserable little whiner who thinks he should be pushed to the moon and knows more than everyone else wrestling and promos. He's fine. Probably needs a cheeseburger. And, sounds, like uh, <laughs> been, sounds like Jimmy Cornette may have been describing himself when it comes to booking territories. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. yeah, Austin Aries wasn't thrilled about that. Um, but I, I do have to maybe, uh, as bad as I hate to, have to go along with Cornette on that one. Because, uh, so, yeah, he, he's, he's very fortunate to get what he's got. I mean, come on. Who, who's going to stand next to Austin Aries and think he can f- 
whip uh, butter with an outboard motor. Come on. He's so, been a very fortunate man. Any dollar he's made in the wrestling business is a dollar he shouldn't have got. Well, so what happened was he took that quote of Jim Cornette and put it on a less than flattering photo of Jim Cornette on an airplane. Um, and then Jim Cornette shot back at him. Um, uh, somehow. I love, I love childish behavior. I just love it. When yeah. you get a couple of eight-year-olds going back and forth, that's the best Ever. Yeah. Um, so he he basically. I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry. I said Jimmy was eight. I take that back. An eight year old and a five year old going back and forth at each other. That's just the best <laughs> ever. Uh, anyway, so Jim Cornette did accuse him of then uh, eating a bunch of turnips in frustration. So is, is um, Jimmy Cornette still alive? I, I didn't even know he was alive to be fighting with anybody. I hadn't uh, heard anything out of him in quite some. Is time. he on your list? Is he? I'm well. I'm I'm going off the top of my head. Let me see where I get okay, to. Let, let's who's next? I haven't got there yet. Right, well, we spent way too goddamn much time on Austin Aries. That's we did. We did. More time than apparently uh, Impact spent on him. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. How about Brock Lesnar? Okay. There's an old name from the past. Why, what about, why Brock Lesnar? What about that big turkey? Well, he he don't know what he f***ing wants to do. He's an MMA guy one day. He's, he's, he's in the WWE the next. I might show up at this event. I might show up at that one. Well, I'm on the roster. I'm not on the roster. Oh, well. Oh, oh, I'm booked. Oh, I didn't know I was booked. Oh, did I no show? Oh, I didn't know I. Paul Heyman didn't tell. Oh, come on, shit. pick a sport. He tried to play fucking football and he couldn't cut it. The Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings cut him. How goddamn bad you gotta be at football when the Minnesota Vikings ten years ago got you? I mean, oh, goddamn. Man. Come on. So come on, Lesnar, pick a sport. Don't make me beat your ass like I did in that high school gym years ago. We've heard about that. Everybody, everybody saw it. Everybody saw it. I roughed yeah. him up. You know, that's one of the most biggest heats I've ever got in my life is when I told the God's honest truth about what happened between me and Lesnar. And in a shoot, all I said is that big pie faced me and I didn't go down. Oh, 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 Brooke Lesnar, the pie faced you. You went down already. Oh, I'm, I'm a man. I'm a man. I ain't none of these little mousy managers like Cornette and some of these various that little who, who's that little bastard in the WWE now that likes to do uh, lips all over Leo the damn Rush. place. Lashley, oh God, Lashley needs to shut. Lashley needs to shut his ass up. Lashley, Lashley, it's all he does. <laughs> I want to see hey. all that acrobatic shit he can do. He ain't done shit but put on a jacket with no shirt since he's been there and go. Lashley, put him on the list. Leo Rush is a little turkey. Taking my prize, Bobby Lashley, one of the greatest wrestlers, one of the greatest physical specimens of all time, and that little half-pint mouse is ruining him. He hadn't got a good quality win since Leo Rush got hooked up with him. I'm going to have to come out of retirement, wheel down there like a, like Raymond Burr in a goddamn wheelchair to the theme from Ironside and save Bobby Lashley's life. He, he Leo Rush wasn't on the list. He is now. I got pissed even thinking about him. Lashley. Yeah, that's going to get him to the top, you stupid little <laughs> midget. All right. Um, <clears throat> okay. Um, oh, where, where do we better off talking about Butterball, guys? Where do we go from there? You notice that Bill After has left the room. Yeah. Did you leave? You ain't even been here for any of this. Hey, I don't that's blame it. you. No. I don't blame you. Um, I'm, I'm getting ready to throw up one of those uh, this, is not, this is not an approved segment of the not, after chat. Not approved? How can you not approve this? This is going to be the highlight of the show. Um, what about that little Pete Davidson head? What, what a turkey he is. He couldn't even keep on to Ariana Grande. Do you realize if Ariana, Ariana Grande chose me over him, 
you know how many kids I, we'd have right now, how deeply in love she'd be. She'd quit the music business just so she could cater to me and be my personal nurse. But no, no, uh, Pete Davidson screwed that up. And then he goes picking on that war hero. Uh, what's his name? Dan Crenshaw. Have y'all heard about him? Yeah. The guy that looks like a pirate running for Congress. Okay. So that, yeah, I mean, that was the, uh, the controversy here was that yeah. uh, he made a joke. All right, I got a couple more turkeys here. Did I, did I get Jerry Lawler in? Did I name Jerry Lawler as a top turkey? No, but I was sure you were going to. Number three, Jerry Lawler. Uh, number one, I think he's muted me on Twitter because he doesn't like my, my, my Trump rants. And those Trump rants are great. You've seen them, haven't you, Bill? I think Bill really did leave. You know what, uh, again? <laughs> Son of a bitch. I, wouldn't, I wanted to hear out of his mouth that he's seen my Trump rants. You've seen them, right? I've seen them. I have They're seen them. They're the greatest them. things ever, huh? They're... Of course they are. They're the greatest things ever. So then, then Jerry Lawler, to spit in my face, shows up at a Trump rally. With a with a with a selfie phone, taking selfies with him and Trump, and then he's got to sit behind him with those clapping, barking seals that sit behind Trump that are hand picked. So apparently, he called Lawler down in Memphis to come on up to Nashville, and Lawler sitting in the crowd. Lawler used to always bitch about the marks. Don't be a mark, Kenny. Act like you've been here. Act like you're a pro. Never be a mark. I think he got a little upset with me one night when I kind of marked out for Jackie Fargo a little bit first time I'd met him. And then there's Jerry Lawler sitting with the barking and clapping seals right there with Donald Trump, embarrassed everybody, embarrassed every Democrat that ever lived and walked the earth, and about 55% of the decent Republicans. All right, so Jerry Lawler, turkey list. Number two, turkey. How about, how about Jimmy Cornette? Okay. How why not? <laughs> How dare he runs his yapper all the time. He's been retired from the business for 20 goddamn years. Can't keep a job anywhere. I covered that on Bill After Show a few years ago when I talked about every failure that Jimmy Cornette had been involved in. Basically, any company he'd been to had fired him. We covered all this in a much longer edition a few years ago. It's on YouTube. It's one of the greatest hits that Bill After ever had. One of the most controversial shows because I'm the first one to ever speak out and tell everybody what a piece of failure Jim Cornette was. <laughs> Nobody wants to believe that. Uh, he, 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 Jim Cornette is the Donald Trump of wrestling managers. He's got that core base that believes all his bullshit. And he's got those little heathens out there where, where if he told them to drink the purple Kool-Aid, cover up with a nice little silver blanket, put on your new Converse tennis shoes, that aliens are going to come down tonight and pick you up and fly you to a strange place far, far away, and you're going to get 73 virgins. The last time 73 virgins had anything to do with Jim Cornette, well, I won't mention the elementary school he was in, but that's the last time Jim Cornette ever got close to 73 virgins. He's yep. a Turk because he ended a friendship with me because me and Russo were setting records over on, on his network and podcasting, and that ate Jim Cornette alive, and he decided not to be my friend anymore for the better part of about two years now. So how big a turkey you got to be? So put Jimmy on the number two turkey list. And you're ready for number one. Yeah, to so get a that, was, that was a friend of the show, Jim Cornette, uh, number two. Well, well, you had Jerry Lawler on the show, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Did, did um, he badmouth me any? I hear my name came up. Did he badmouth me? Uh, you know what? I think uh, our listeners are going to have to go back into the archives and have you know. noticed that none of these, all these people that want to badmouth me never do it to my face? Yeah. Do you realize they're all cowards and they go on podcasts like yours and like the one after used to have and then varying Cornets and various uh, Jerichos, mm -hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin's, and they all want to talk about Kenny Bowen. 
but none of them would do it to my face. You know why? why? Because I am a legit badass. I don't take that shit. I will verbally destroy you. I will physically destroy you. And if I don't feel up to it that day, my son, the prince, will do it for me for free because I don't pay for shit. All right. Just like <laughs> next time I'm getting ready to mention. All right. And then number, number one, one turkey. Number one turkey. Everyone knew it was coming. Everybody knows this is the guy. If I'm at hot at the nine below him, you know I'm hot at this one. Donald J. And the J stands for Trump. What a piece of shit. What a piece of shit. He cages babies. He he doesn't want the, the, the caravan. The caravan, they're coming. They got leprosy. They've got polio. They've got gout. They've got crotch rot. <laughs> Everything he can name on these poor, dissolute people who are just looking for a better job and a better place from a country that won't kill them. And Trump wants to send 20,000 troops to the border to with rifles if they dare throw a rock at any of our soldiers. Where have you ever heard this before? Oh, let's see. Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, some parts of Africa. That's where you hear about like that at. And Trump wants to send 20,000 soldiers for the 2,000 that might show up if, I, if my math is right, that's roughly about 10 soldiers for every every guy that shows up. And if one of them throws a rock, to which every other decent country in the world just ignores them, well, it's a fucking rock. Get over it. I got a helmet on. I got a shield on. Trump wants our soldiers to shoot on sight. He didn't come right out and say that, but why else do you want an arm a soldier and say, if you throw a rock, we will consider you got a rifle. So those fear tactics haven't worked. It's election night, and I see Republicans dropping like flies all over the place. So I know what's happening is that now he's going to realize the success of The Walking Dead. He realized The Walking Dead's the greatest show on television, and everybody knows about it, and everybody's talking about it. So he's now going to claim there's a zombie apocalypse coming. <laughs> oh, my God, the zombies are coming. The zombies are going to eat Republican brains. And, well, he doesn't have anything to fear there because he can't eat what don't exist. He's a fucking turkey. I'm blown up. I don't know what more you people have asked me. I, I, don't, I don't. Hey, know Josh, I'm back. Oh, hey, Bill. Oh, welcome back. After you missed the best shit, man. Where'd you go? Well, you, you said we don't curse on this show. We don't allow oh, it on this show. Told me that. I made sure, Bill, in your absence to confirm that you agreed with everything that Kenny Bolin just said. So I don't want you to worry. I told that censor to get fucked is what I told him. You oh get Kenny Bowen, you get him uncut, unedited, and uncensored. We got him. We definitely did. Thank you so much, Kenny, for taking the time to give us these uh, these top 10 turkeys of 2018. I did say good day. All right. Well, uh, what did you think, Bill? Um, I don't think at the moment. Um, that was Kenny Bowen. Yeah, we want to thank Kenny for coming on the show. Uh, we want to thank him for being honest and sharing his opinion. And if there is anybody out there that disagrees, uh, the one thing that I ask is that you share your disagreement in uh, maybe not in the exactly the same way that Kenny <laughs> expressed some of his stuff. Uh, if you want to send your your hate tweets, uh, Kenny's on Twitter, um, and uh, let us know what your what your thoughts were. About it, um, it did get a little more controversial than we were anticipating. 
but at the same time, a little. Hey, a look, little? look, a lot. You asked for Kenny Bolin. You're gonna get Kenny Bolin, and okay. you know, and that's you know, look, the opinions. We might not agree with some of the opinions. We might agree with some of the opinions, but not the way that he stated them. Um, but either way, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed having Kenny Bolin on the show. So send your hate tweets to So Says Chernoff. Well, this was uh, quite a show, Josh, going from uh, Headlock on Headlines to uh, uh, David Marquez from the National Wrestling Alliance to Magnum TA, and then that, I don't know what to call it, from uh, Kenny Bolin, but Another episode of the After Chat is on the pod waves. Yeah, episode 14. Uh, so next week is a very special 15th anniversary. We went all out to celebrate our 10th anniversary of the of uh, anniversary. 10th episode of the show. Uh, yes. Our 15th episode is going to be uh, just as enjoyable. And uh, you get, you just have to wait and see. Check out our Instagram at the After Chat. That's where we are now dropping uh, the the guest, so you'll be able to see that in advance uh, before the the episode actually airs. So check that out. And uh, of course, you can find us on Twitter at the After Chat. Find us on Facebook at the After Chat. Bill, where can they find you? Well, at onewrestling.com, and here at the After Chat, of course, and at be after at onewrestling.com so josh well you can find me at so says Chernoff on twitter and facebook go to theafterchat.com for our merch for bill's book is wrestling fixed um i didn't know it was broken i can't get over kenny bolin i'm sorry i just uh, yeah i know you really my, can't my and again like, that's yeah. at star maker bolin if you disagreed with anything he had to say please send those Oops. tweets to at star maker bolin if you agreed with what he had to say and loved his segment. Let us know and send those yeah. tweets to at Starmaker Bolin. Bill, I'm going to let you go so you can go cry in the shower or whatever it is you need to do to no, get past I'm this interview. This. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to wonder why Kenny – well, we'll discuss that on another after chat. Hashtag or, why Kenny why. Yes, really. Uh, thank you for listening, of course. Once again, to the uh, after chat, and you can still follow me on wonderwrestling.com. Uh, Josh? I'll see you, Bill. We'll see you and all the after chatters at the matches. So tell me what you really think about the Kenny Bolin segment. I, um, uh, I, uh, um, I. <laughs> <laughs>